Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the Simpsons Index, episode 66. I'm your host, Elliot Jaranil, and this is our first interstate show. Yes, I'm coming to you from glorious, sunny Adelaide, and I am joined <laughs> by Nick. Hello! And James. Yep, that's me. Fellow Simpsons podcasters from Podcast in the Key of Springfield. Thanks mm. for having me over, guys. No worries, man. And joining us for The Simpsons Index, the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time. But the catch is, each episode comes from a different decade. Much different from the format of your show, where you guys are going through chronologically, hey? Chronologically, two episodes at a time for us. Yep. yep. And then occasionally we'll go and watch uh, Do the Bartman and <laughs> carry on about that. Yeah. No, I was just saying to these guys, I love the Eat My Shorts episodes that you guys do. You did one about Deep Deep Trouble, which is a profoundly weird <laughs> song, isn't it? A profoundly weird song that we turned into a profoundly weird episode. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we really did it justice. <laughs> so that's uh, Pods in the Key of Springfield. Subscribe on iTunes. Okay, we're done now, aren't we? We can just leave. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit different for you because yeah, we cross the whole plane of the Simpsons catalogue. Totally. And just now we did a very recent episode this was season 29 episode 6 the old blue mare she ain't what she used to be yeah it was like a horrifying look into our future (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this was first released in november of 2017 so like two weeks ago and it was written by tom gamel and max pross i don't know if you guys are seinfeld fans yeah 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 Yeah, these guys like wrote some of the best episodes from i think season six to nine on seinfeld he's on a lot of the dvd commentaries on the simpsons like way back as well he's got that yeah. great like gravel voice like hey i'm tom you're camel the, you're the tom camel voice hey hey <laughs> oh that guy yeah. i remember yeah. that guy now from yeah. from the bonus features on seinfeld dvds yeah, yeah. sick <laughs> he's, right. he sounds like cigarettes he does <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a combination of too many cigarettes and like that boomhauer from king of the hill way of just running the words into each other <laughs> is is he possibly the only person to make julie kavner jealous of someone else's <laughs> rough voice yeah if she carks it yeah they'll bring him in to do much <laughs> <laughs> and not just like pitch up his voice. They should call him Tom Gravel. There we go. Hey. That's better than any joke that was in this episode. I just noticed you do have a Seinfeld poster up there. Yeah, no, my uh, my sister got that for me for my birthday last year. It is a hand-drawn map of the Seinfeld apartment. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Um, anyway, back to The Simpsons, unfortunately, because this episode kind of sucked. In this episode, Marge becomes the mayor um, and a bunch of shit happens. Guys, what did you think? Didn't much care for it Yeah As it turns out uh, This episode felt like uh, an episode that was written by some people that had watched seasons three and four of The Simpsons yep. and then went, man, there were some great jokes. We should just use all of those again. Yeah, just right out of the bat, just rolling out the monorail thing again, just just by mentioning it like it's going to play and be funny again. Yeah, Marge totally. versus the monorail might be the very best episode of The Simpsons, I think. <laughs> it's the Breath of the Wild of The Simpsons. <laughs> it so. is, yes, it is the Zelda Breath of the Wild of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, well, it got a unanimous cubic zirconia from our panel. We absolutely loved it yeah. but yeah so uh, starting out with the questionnaire Nick for better or worse what's a joke that stood out to you 
Oh, there, there were actually a couple of things that I properly laughed out loud at, I have yeah. to say. My favourite thing that stood out to me was there is a, um, a cutaway fantasy sequence where Homer is uh, demolishing the Flanders house. Yep. And he's got this really weird, like, Panzer-style German World <laughs> War II kind of tank that's got a really pointy end on the end of it. Like, yep. imagine, imagine a cannon on the front of a tank, but then on the end of it is basically a tiny triangle. Yeah. And the first hit that he does to Flanders house completely fucks it <laughs> and it caught me so off guard yeah that I really really enjoyed that one no it, it was a funny cutaway joke they may have like overstepped it a bit with like Jesus coming down and the whole homo saying pick a side like yeah that was I, yeah, it, it teams up with Jesus and they destroy Flanders house together and it's yeah it's yeah. fucked it's bad it's yeah I mean <laughs> why the, did Jesus but, have to become involved but the initial like cutaway and then the smashing and then I even liked how it came back and Homer was just like Haha, wait where'd everyone go yes that was decent uh, James for better or worse what's a joke that stood out to you closest thing I have in my notes looking over is that I like <laughs> the visual gag of Lenny having a pet crocodile or possibly an alligator <laughs> mostly because it made me think of crazy Australian politician Bob Catter <laughs> who this week Man, went that. on a strange rant it about how he could not put energy into supporting gay marriage because every three months somebody in Queensland gets eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> and the the switch in his voice tone in that is just yeah. amazing. Oh, I mean, let a thousand blossoms, but, but I'm not going to waste any more time on it. <laughs> he sounds like Tom Gamble. Let <laughs> <laughs> people have their sexual proclivities. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, what a piece of shit. But yeah, he's given Rock Bottom, the Simpsons meme page, like two weeks of material. Oh, isn't Do you guys it, follow that? Great? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you can pause and you can see the moment where he switches <laughs> to getting angry about Crocs. Um, I saw one the other day. I'm not sure if it was Rock Bottom or one of the other meme pages, but they had uh, Bob Catter um, superimposed on, on Lionel Landley in front of the blackboard. <laughs> and it said, uh, cooked equals fucked, government equals government. <laughs> um, and I was like, fuck, that's good. Yeah. Also, sorry to come on your podcast and then start explaining memes that feels like <laughs> that feels like a weird thing to do no we've actually uh, given a lot of our american listeners an insight into rock bottom because it's mostly an australian page but sure. like every american that i direct there is just endlessly fascinated about <laughs> our obsession with tobias <laughs> like uh, australian simpsons shit posting is next level yes. <laughs> so good. like tobias has become a character all on his own separate from what he was in the simpsons Ab- absolutely it's just it's mdma page- taking bb <laughs> uh, <VB> swilling <laughs> Calling everyone a cunt. Like this oh. page that I follow for the last few days has been entirely focused on the feud between Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, and just right. Simpsons memes about which is the better city. <laughs> um, as a Sydney resident, I say Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> Melbourne doesn't have fucking stupid ass lockout laws. I mean, Melbourne's oh, the, the, the clear winner, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been trying to come up with a good Adelaide one, but I don't know. We're just sort of off to the side observing. And yeah, snickering. we are. Speaking of being off to the side and observing, quick question to you, James. Sure. I know that we have both listen to several episodes of the simpsons index did sure. you completely forget that there was a quiz that that the <laughs> elliot runs through because i'm not prepared for any of these quizzes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look at my notes like i didn't enjoy anything <laughs> what am i going to talk about here uh, it's not an intensive quiz i'm not going to ask any trivia or anything all right <laughs> if i fail the quiz am i still allowed to have another beer <laughs> 
you can always have another beer. Oh, that's, what, that's what makes the Simpsons Index so entertaining. Thanks, so, man. you know, in our, in our podcast, we'd usually be talking about, like, Dr. Colossus or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. which background characters we think live interesting lives. No, I've been enjoying your deep dives into the Dr. Colossus theory and, yeah. Was Dr. Colossus involved in this one? Maybe he activated that monorail right at the start. Well, I don't know. Because the monorail did kind of come back to life. <laughs> Because uh, for some reason they still had one of the carriages there. Yeah. And yeah. then it destroyed. So the monorail, they, they turned the track into like a nature walk, which yeah. actually as a concept, I thought was a, a pretty good starting point for an episode. Yeah, yeah one they immediately abandoned. One that they yeah. immediately abandoned. And yeah, then the monorail came back to life and smashed through the walk and... And, and, and kills uh, the monorail scientist, who oh is my not God. Batman, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise he probably would have gotten away. Good point. Just like in Batman Begins, he's on that train, he leaps out. It's a weird connection for me to be making, but I, I'm trying to get something out of this. Who's yeah. in Batman Begins? <laughs> is, is Michael Caine in Michael Batman? Michael Caine, is that you? Is, is he in... Uh, am I in Batman Begins? Michael, this is not your podcast. Oh. <laughs> you need to let Elliot... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Take the reins, I think. Well, no, I, I like that you brought up the monorail thing because... Yeah, it was just such a crazy turn. And I liked how, like, they sort of brought it back to do this Skywalk thing, which is actually, like, a cool concept for the episode, I thought. But and then actually a pretty cool concept for life, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I was looking at it going, I'm pretty jealous of that. It yeah. looked fucking ugly, I thought. It looked <laughs> like a children's playground. There's, like, a ball patch and a... Yeah, but I have a very low attention span and IQ. <laughs> I love children's playgrounds. One thing I was thinking throughout the entire episode, actually, is just... Is the drawing quality noticeably worse in these seasons? It's actually weird. You know, the animation looks slicker, but the character models are so off and off. Like, yeah. they looked like they were really rushed at times. Just like sizing doesn't look right. There yeah. seems to be very few frames of animation in a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a scene where Homer was hugging Marge and they looked way out of proportion from what yeah. I've grown to know. And but yeah, on the monorail thing, like what really bugged me was, yeah, then they activated the monorail and you're like, uh, here we go. And yeah, then they kill a fucking, I forgot his name, haircut guy. Like Haircut guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure his name is haircut guy. That's haircut. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just Perfect so line. unnecessary and it wasn't funny. James, for better or worse, what's a story point that stood out for you in this episode well for worse what bothers this is like a i feel like a classic simpsons thing even going back to the early seasons that i love where the story suddenly pivots to being about homer yeah in a way that doesn't make any sense because this is like marge becomes the mayor and then the basic plot is she realizes she can increase her approval rating by making fun of her husband for being yeah. a bit of a buffoon and then at the end thinks oh that's mean i'm gonna say nice things but homer is not like a supportive character deserving of... No, they didn't establish that at all. Yeah. And like, I think, yeah, you pointed it out when we were watching the episode. He didn't even vote for her. No, he's a dickhead. <laughs> he just uh, he doesn't believe a woman should be mayor until her, her son points out that they can get yeah. away with whatever they want. Mm. He wrecks her office. He's just a dundering dickhead. Yeah. Throughout the entire episode. No, and then I, at the end she's like, mm, I should be nice to Homer. <laughs> That's the... Good Marge impression. <laughs> Sweet. That was good. But, uh, yeah, that brings to the story point that stood out to me is, yeah, this whole pivot thing because it felt like the episode it was starting out, it was trying to make a commentary on sexism and th they sort of just <laughs> hit on the points but never yeah. resolved them. I think the episode might actually be kind of sexist. Yeah, <laughs> because it seems like the conclusion was... Oh, Marge should go back to pandering to her husband. Yeah. Yeah, woohoo. That's that's groundbreaking, boys. It's a very toothless episode. Yeah, and mm. then in the the end when they do the jump forward eight years later to the Marge Museum and apparently she got impeached and we don't know why. Like, that was weird. 
Yeah. Everything was weird. Everything Why was, was weird. the Jimmy Stewart character in this? In Why this was there thing? a Jimmy Stewart Just character? Uh, Madeline, I'm, I can't let you shut down the tire fire. It's weird. I don't like it. I don't yeah. care for this. And no. they I don't dropped, care for any of this. And they dropped him as soon as like they possibly could as well. He was only there for a couple of scenes. And yeah. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Anyway, uh, next question. Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? <laughs> Zero. Also zero. Yep, I saw it once a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> and now you had to rewatch it. Oh. And now I'm going to delete the file from my computer. <laughs> How is this one stacking up against this season? Other season twenty nine. Um, uh, season twenty nine so far has like uh, been mostly participant. We reviewed a actually a pretty good episode called Springfield Splendor, where Marge and Lisa make a graphic novel together, and like I stand sure. by. Oh, like American Splendor. What's that? That's the thing that that would be parodying. Oh. Sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was like a, a really sweet episode that, yeah, we gave a shiny bronze to or something. But yeah, most of the episodes are very, very participant. Like, sure. uh, let's talk about some wacky moments from the episode. Uh, how did the wackiness work for you guys? It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so monorail, yeah, rolling through, killing everybody. They fucking brought out the grumble again. Their sort of weird Grinch parallel import character. Character. Yeah, he pops oh, yeah. up. He is such a weird fucking monster that exists within the Simpsons post-classic universe for some reason. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like the phrase post-classic universe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, uh, one of the bits of, I suppose it goes under the wackiness category that stood out to me is, you know, we mentioned before that the very early part of the episode centers around the monorail, but has the monorail track actually been in the Simpsons universe for the last 20 years. No, I don't believe so. And isn't at the end, I haven't seen Marge versus the Monorail for a, a while now, but at the end of that episode, don't we see that most of it is falling down anyway? Like, it was weird to bring this thing back with absolutely no continuity of it yeah. not having been there. Which actually, on uh, a couple of episodes of Pods and the Key of Springfield, I have a theory that the seasons and the episodes that we are watching actually all happen at the same time. Yep. And that we're not, uh, you know, they don't travel chronologically through the universe in the way that we as the observers do. <laughs> Wait, is this yeah. your theory? This seems different from my understanding. <laughs> no, of what no, no, no. So this is an omelette egg flip. This is another theory I've espoused. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, this is another theory I've espoused on the, on the nature of time in the Simpsons universe. <laughs> is that episode one isn't necessarily the story that happens before episode two, basically. Uh, which makes me wonder, did these events happen just after the monorail was built and then failed? Yeah, but then yeah. that doesn't explain why Marge is apparently mayor for another eight years or whatever. It's like, a really good point. It's yeah, not, the year it's... 2022 is explicitly mentioned. Oh, as is a, it explicitly mentioned? Well, there's the, like, some sort of molasses-based crisis in the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, when it said the molasses flood of 22, which was uh, something in the Marge Simpson Merrill Library, yeah. um, there was a big poster. I assumed that was 1922, but you're right. It probably is 2022. Yeah. Because it was to do with, you know, the tenure she had as mayor. Ha! Huh. You've yeah. just you've just spun my perception on that episode. <laughs> Another wacky moment from me was the two times that they had characters acting like animals. So Homer getting harpooned in mm. the middle of like a roast dinner. Yeah, I found that upsetting on a deep level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he get he gets harpooned and then bounces around like a whale. Yeah. It's so bizarre and it sucks because there was a decent line before that. It's just like, I may be full of blubber and harpoon scars or whatever, and I'm like, that's a decent joke. Cut it there. But then 
harpoon during a roast dinner just yep. because he said the word harpoon. Like it's like Sea Captain was off screen and he just goes harpoon. My time. <laughs> and then when uh, the Quimby boys were acting like seals, yeah, what the fuck was that? Fuck? <laughs> I I got really annoyed with the way they treated Quimby because so I have to admit I haven't seen much of the recent Simpsons episodes. No one has. Yeah, fair just enough. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if that's the direction they've taken Quimby in, because his speech pattern used to be a parody of the uh, JFK, yeah, yeah. I think. the Kennedys. Yeah, yeah, yeah of, of the Kennedys generally. But now... Look at he, me, era mum. I am era <laughs> President Kennedy. Totally. But in this episode, he would get to the end of a sentence and then just mumble on with, uh, um, indeed, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. That's not how his speech pattern works. And it really... Pu- Fuck me off. And then you see his two sons and they just go, er, ah, er, ah, while bouncing around like seals. Yeah, go get the ball, uh, seal kids. Like, <sighs> what the fuck was going on in this? All right, uh, next, let's talk about the heart of the episode. Did you guys feel any bumps in your heart? I um, felt like it was going for a thing that it did not deserve or mm. earn. Yeah, they, they were aiming for the heart with the resolution where Marge decides she shouldn't make fun of Homer anymore. Personally, Homer, who earlier in the episode, I think, tried to kill Bart. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, Bart, but, Bart definitely tried to kill Homer, jumping back to the wackiness. Jesus yeah, Christ. Well, I mean, there's but, that whole sequence. He, like, throws a spear at him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And he picks up a painting to deflect the spear. And then, yeah. and then yeah. Bart starts wailing on him with a bust of, like, George Washington or something. Mm. like, And, like, for an obscene amount of time. He beats the shit out of him. Marge really, like, could have stopped that at any moment. But okay. is it possible that he kills Homer in <laughs> the rest of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's the dying dreams, possibly, um, of Homer as he lies there bleeding out. It actually ties into another theory that Homer is actually um, a sentient god in a universe that keeps resetting itself. Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, is that ver- one of yours? No, I think I got it from Cracked. Um, <laughs> oh, fair enough. But yeah, it's a crazy ass theory. But it would explain all these why... theories that the writers are very clearly not thinking of. Yes, yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah, the um, it would explain though why Homer. His ears were burning when someone said pie. Remember that? Where oh, that was the worst. They yeah. mention a pie graph and Homer's not there and he calls up Marge. And yeah, and, and then Marge says, yes, Homer, someone mentioned pie. Yeah, I know. Mm, ah, pie. Ugh. And then she hangs up. At yeah. one point, Homer is naked Fuck. and like has covered his body in food like later in the episode. And I didn't really, I couldn't figure out what food oh. it was or why he was naked. How did I not see that? Is that, <laughs> is that during one of the perhaps seven seconds that I was writing notes for? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was during the bit where they're doing the focus group and he's like, Marge, can you put a hot pocket in the dryer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Were those hot pockets that he was covered in? They looked <laughs> like uh, like chimichangas or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they could have been hot dogs. Armor hot dogs. It was the hell happened to my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking finally a chance to say that on a podcast. <laughs> I want answers. <laughs> Actually, in that scene, there was a line that I really found funny where Lindsay Nagel goes, I'm going to Kellyanne Conway this thing. And someone in the focus group goes, I like her. It shows that a woman can finally be Goebbels. <laughs> One thing I, I do mean, like about Modern Simpsons is bang. that they are really fucking going for it. <laughs> yeah. When they oh, go definitely. after Trump, they... I mean, that's the only morally correct position to take, though, really, totally. yeah. is to, like, aggressively hate Trump and his entire cabinet. Definitely. So, 
No, uh, hello is, to Elliot's American listeners, <laughs> some yeah. of which yeah. may be Trump supporters. Guys, you fucked Most. up. <laughs> you should not have done that. But yeah, anyway, anyway, back to the heart moments, though. Yeah, sure. they were trying to go for it at the end, but then they kind of undercut it with the big Homer balloon that farted confetti. Yeah, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah, the interesting choice. Mm. Um, I don't really have much to say about that. It's a serious medical condition. I mean, a lot of us <laughs> suffer from confetti shit. <laughs> confetti <laughs> shit. Is it called confetti? Oh, nice. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's a good twerge right there. Um, <laughs> twerge? It's my alternate word for portmanteau. It's, oh. And it's two word merge. Oh, yeah. Which, curiously, is a three word merge. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I like what you've done. So, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Oh, probably not, to be honest. Uh,. Unless I had to, yeah. <laughs> I would uh, for a podcast or something. Actively avoid it. <laughs> no, I, I am scrubbing the file off my computer and burning the computer. Um, I was going to hypothetically, like I thought to myself hypothetically, if it was on TV, would I watch it? But I'm in Australia, which means we can't see these episodes yeah. on TV. No. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a fairly major website had commissioned me to like review this season. Oh, really? And then yeah. I just couldn't because uh, <laughs> it was not legally available in any way. Yeah. Usually, it's not even on iTunes. No, and I don't even think they come express to Fox 8 anymore either. Like, no, but, you know, who's no. got the money for Foxtel? Well, so, uh, Nick, what, what would you change to save this episode? I was thinking about this when you mentioned the heart question. I think a better heart moment, which actually would have made the episode slightly better for me, is if it was Homer realizing that for Marge's success, he has to just take the fall. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? I like that. If he had a moment where it was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be the brunt of these jokes because that makes Marge more successful. Yeah. And if that was the heart moment, and if Marge went, oh my God, Homer, thank you so much, that would have made the episode a lot better in my humble opinion. Yeah, like at the end, he, he might be getting pelted with pies or something by this residence of Springfield and he's looking sad and Marge is like, oh my God, look at the things he does <laughs> you for You know, me. one of my comments on the page here is actually, somebody throw a pie or something. Just <laughs> 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 waiting for something funny to happen. Yeah. What the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, James, what would you change about the episode? I feel like I'd restructure it fairly significantly. I feel like this episode goes so all over the place. The plot yeah. seems to change every three minutes. Make it primarily about Marge wanting to run for mayor, then picking her platform, and then becoming mayor and being unable to enact the change that she promised. Yeah. Instead of, for some reason, pivoting towards the whole thing with her trying to gain popularity by disparaging her husband. That's a shit plot. Don't do that. Make it about the tire fire, yeah. which is her initial mm. reason oh for becoming the God, mayor. And then gets dropped that. completely. Which, by the way, like, why doesn't Quimby, if that's such a popular position, say, oh, yeah, I'll do it as well. That's like yeah. a half a day job. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Who gives a shit? Mm. Yeah, I, that leans into what I'd change is that I actually kind of liked the moment where Marge goes up to Quimby and finds him at the summer house and goes for, to him needing help. I'd like if they really lent into that a bit more and, you know, oh. ran with the sexism angle that they set up at the start. It's, yeah. Yeah, there's no oh, real yeah. sense of Marge being the mayor in this episode. No. It's <laughs> not really about that, which is no. shit because it 
No, it just quickly yeah. turns into the Homer show, which ha- happens so much. It's just like, oh, we need to get him into the episode now. And Homer changed the city more when he was garbage guy yeah. than Marge did when she was mayor. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll be covering next week on episode 67. Oh, um, how's that for foreshadowing that I didn't even know I was doing? <laughs> Thank you for that accidental alley-oop. <laughs> Am I like Phoebe from Charmed? <laughs> was she the one that had premonitions? I think, I think so. I think it was <laughs> old man Patterson here with his finger on the button. What button? <laughs> That's a very good episode. Oh, I can't wait. Of Charmed. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall that discussion. It's the one where, yeah. The, um, the girls fight old man Patterson. It's the one where Rosemary Charmed becomes the garbage <laughs> commissioner. <laughs> <Rosemary Charmed. laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm not sure if your Alyssa Milano impression is bang on. Old man Patterson on the button. <laughs> well, that's, that's not what she sounds like. Sure she does. She sounds like a grizzled old New Yorker. Alyssa, oh. if you are listening, a uh, big fan of your work on... Uh, <laughs> That new season of uh, Wet Hot American Summer, that was really good. You were great on that. So, Alyssa, if you are listening, and I'm sure you are, because you say you have uh, some listeners in California. She must be one of them. Yeah. (laughs) No, I agree. She was one of the bright spots in that. It was also really funny, Alyssa, when you made that tweet to Ted Cruz earlier this year, refusing to hug him. That was excellent. I really enjoyed that. That is good. Yeah. Um, so there were no guest stars in this episode, but musical moments. There was the weird Marge Vote For Me country song. Yeah, what the fuck was that garbage? What the fuck was that garbage? That was strange. It sounded tired. This entire episode sounds very tired. It sounds like yeah. everyone just got out of bed <laughs> moments before recording. <laughs> yeah. They, Including the animators, I think. Yeah, this episode felt like how Kellyanne Conway looks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the song with the going between the various um, groups to get their votes, like none yeah. of this material was solid for me. Like, No, I agree. And there was also a weird, um, when they first started talking about the monorail and they... They brought back the monorail chant from the start of the monorail song. Oh, couldn't fail. Couldn't fail. Couldn't fail. Uh, Just uh, don't fuck um, with these classic episodes. No. Let them lie. Because all it does, and I think this is something that's been mentioned on Simpsons Index before, all those callbacks do is make you go, oh, fuck yeah, I could watch Marge versus the monorail. Yeah, what am I doing watching this shit? Instead of this. (laughs) Definitely. And yeah, the cuts to when they're showing the bar graphs and stuff and Again, shoehorning Homer in where he just comes in, eats part of the pie chart and then just cracks a beer and sits down in one of them. It's like, why did you waste 10 seconds on this? Yeah, so they had a a bar graph of relative popularity of Quimby and Marge in the mayoral election race. And then Homer, like, it's not even breaking the fourth wall. It's like breaking the bar graph wall. And for some reason (laughs) he was involved. I'm not in, I'm not into it. Yeah, and uh, it's just, uh, (laughs) so Nick, any other notes? Let's have a quick squeeze at my... I've got sandwich with an asterisk next to it, and I don't remember why. Oh, <laughs> Homer gets a sandwich named after him, and I've always wanted a sandwich to be named after me. Yeah. The, the closest I've come to ever getting a sandwich named after me was a long time ago. One of my friends was a bar woman at a horrible Adelaide nightclub called Mansions. Oh, um, Mansions. Yeah, Ooh. so it's, it's like horrible, seedy, terrible... Yeah scummy but not not in a fun scummy way just in a, one of those awful bars that's awful right and only plays crazy in love by beyonce <laughs> um, but we had a fun ongoing thing where i would walk up to her whenever she was working and say i'll just have my usual thanks and then she'd give me a different thing every time <laughs> i really enjoyed that and that's what i think of when i think about getting a sandwich named after me <laughs> what would be on this sandwich on my sandwich i think i would go for like 
if it was going to be, yeah, it'd be like a ham and salad sandwich, but it would have pickled jalapenos in it. Ooh. And uh, some, maybe maybe something crazy like some feta. Like some crumb, because, uh, uh, I mean, feta's not that common in sandwiches, I don't think, but I'd be into yeah. it because yeah. I like feta. This might be a new question for the questionnaire. James, what would you have on your sandwich named after you? <laughs> it would just be a Reuben. <laughs> be a Reuben, some chips on the side. Yeah, I did like Homer's idea. Actually, of... I'd put chips in the sandwich, oh, but it would nice. be a Reuben otherwise. Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually back to Seinfeld, I always think about that episode where uh, George starts introducing food into his sex life. <laughs> and totally. Flew in... too close to the sun on wings of pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> What a line. <laughs> but in one of the cafe scenes, he's just eating this sandwich that is loaded with pastrami and salami <laughs> yeah. and cured meats. And it's it's just so stacked sky high. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> um, so was that all your notes? It was a good sign writing joke because as we know, the Simpsons sign writers kill it yep. week to week. When they were having the mayor debate, the sub sign was bring your own podium, which I enjoyed. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. James, any other notes from this episode? for you the only other thing i have on my page really is that the chalkboard gag on this one was i will not ask the guidance counselor why he doesn't have a better job i think guidance counselor is a perfectly fine job i don't yeah. think that was a necessary jab unnecessary drive-by at guidance counselors yeah <laughs> that's weird yeah. Matt, I don't know, maybe Matt Groening's guidance counsellor just gave him really bad advice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not an easy job to tell people what job they should do. No. Also, the couch gag was bad, but whatever. It's yeah. yeah, we don't normally go through the couch gags, but yeah, this one was just so long and drawn out, the whole silent movie thing, and he sends yeah. his kids to work in the coal mine. Like, yeah. And then you're like, all right, that's what that was. All right. All right, and now it's time for my final quick fire notes. Oh. Quick fire notes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are a good sound effects board. <laughs> there was a weird joke at the start where Ralph was just there for no reason and he had a speech impediment. Yeah, I didn't like the, that. And then Willie scoops him up and puts him in a speech impediment truck. Yeah, a, a, a truck that said speech therapist uh, yeah, on yeah. the side of it, which is um, not the correct spelling as far as I understand. <laughs> yep, hated it, disgusting, terrible joke. Yep, not into it. Yeah, that was just, uh, there was no reason it was there. It was totally shoehorned in and then... Mm. And, and and Ralph's never spoken like that. No, it's, yeah, apro of nothing. If if you're going to make that terrible joke, which I'm not into, because speaking as a kid that had a speech impediment, like, don't make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you are going to make it, make it with a random kid that we've never seen before yep. who may well have a speech impediment. Like, yeah. But uh, I don't know, scooping up kids with speech impediments like they're lost dogs isn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think scooping up lost dogs is a thing anymore either. Hey, look, I don't know what you do in Sydney, but here in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> we like our banks closed and our dogs scooped. <laughs> <laughs> quite, often the ba- <laughs> quite often the banks are closed because there are bodies dissolving in barrels inside of them as oh, well. That's <laughs> good Snowtown reference. Yeah. <laughs> into it they've got uh, robotic garbage bins uh, that recognize that Kirk threw away used porn yeah one of them like kills a person yeah oh yeah um, yeah thank you for um, the senior citizen or something yep yep yeah. bad <laughs> yeah, this bad. was also a bad joke because who has physical porn anymore? Like, well, I can tell you who doesn't. Kirk Van Houten who just threw all his away. <laughs> can uh, I borrow a feeling? <laughs> or maybe just a DVD? <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the Homer Wiggum trying to cross on the Skywalk I thought was a decent enough joke, but it kind of dragged out a bit. Hated it, hated it deeply. Very bad. <laughs> it, it had your favourite character in it. Oh, Shana. Tana. I'm Shana. Yeah, uh, she's the worst. But she wasn't being the worst in here. She was just like, I've got the bard. And, and, and she didn't say her catchphrase. Which is saying her name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't know if you guys knew this, but she's also apparently Super uh, Intended Chalmers' daughter. I didn't know that. No, they, it's mentioned in like a season 26. So she's like, oh, uh, she's like the SNES mini of this show then. <laughs> good. Nice. Yeah, that's, very, that's very good. They destroy a Leonard Nimoy statue and comic book guy goes, no more Nimoy. Like, Which is a bit weird when Nimoy's actually dead. It's yeah. a weird joke to put in there. When did Nimoy die? He is back. Yeah, it's got to be at least two years okay. by now. Okay, so he was definitely dead at the time that that episode was written. Well dead, yes. I- I'd say so, oh. yeah. And um, we noticed another joke, actually, in another season 29 episode, The Surfsons, where they're doing like this weird Simpsons are in medieval times now episode. Like, oh, yeah, I've listened to your, the episode on that one. Yeah, it's fucking bizarre. But mm. at one point, they've got a bunch of heads on pikes and one of them is Troy McClure. And it's just, mm. this isn't the yeah. way you honour your dead, people. No. Anyway, really, I love a good Wilhelm scream joke, but the guy going into the cactus. It yeah, was, why the fuck was there a Wilhelm scream? Why the fuck was there a cactus patch? <laughs> Very angry about this episode. <laughs> I've hit anime TV show The Simpsons, little scene. Actually, I think I heard you vocally yell, what? When Homer <laughs> made a, uh, a thanks Obama joke. Oh, yeah. No, it's I, I don't. Like, oh, just sorry. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've got nothing to say on that one. It was so confusing. Um, Cletus apparently is into Ayn Rand. Yeah, extended <laughs> Ayn Rand joke. <laughs> With an Ayn Rand scarecrow that, like, what? I don't know that like the principle like Randian principles are necessarily in line with like the character of Cletus in any way. No, like I know she's uh, like a reference point for like libertarian and some right wing people, but mm. like I don't think hillbillies. Yeah, it's they're not really compatible. <laughs> it's so weird. Speaking of compatible, what did you guys think about the mashing of Martin Prince and Mo Sislak? I don't think they've ever had a scene together before this episode. Oh, uh, the scene about metaphors and similes, yeah. which I appreciate on a I'm an English teacher level, but <laughs> I did not enjoy. No, it's... Yeah, you better add an azar in that metaphor or I'll bash you up, you 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, the thing I... It's one um, of those just like, where the fuck is any of this coming from? <laughs> why yeah. is Martin there? Why, why are these yeah. jokes that you felt the need to make? And, you know, like, I, I, I don't want to get too deep into the business of rewriting jokes that I don't think worked, but I'm going to do exactly that now. <laughs> um, that, that's one of those ones where they... And I think it's something that they do a lot in modern seasons where they just... Take it two beats too far. Yeah. There's a discussion about Mo likes similes but hates metaphors, and then Martin gives a metaphor. And it just could have ended with Mo like shaking his fist. And then if you know what metaphors and similes are, yeah. you've already got the joke. But they take it that one step further and say, oh, you'd better do this to turn it from that to this. Fuck. It was so dragged out. The whole fucking thing. It's- yeah. It was- <laughs> and in the same scene, I don't know what the rules for this was where Marge is on the stage, she's looking out, they've got the dramatic tense music and the Lovejoys are just like uh, talking oh. to each other telepathically. Yeah, yeah, what was up with that? There's just this big extended sequence where they're bitching about Marge's uh, at the potluck and... Undercooked a chicken. And they can hear each other. Like, yeah. Maybe they have salmonella and maybe that unlocks some powers <laughs> in them, I don't know. Some salmonella powers? Yeah. 
I'm into it. <laughs> Quick, let's get some raw chicken and do some experiments. Sure. Oh, we already did that before you got here. Oh. <laughs> We've actually been having a separate conversation in our heads. It's, uh... <laughs> and there was another bad Kent Brockman cutaway to a reenactment of Mamie Eisenhower destroying pianos. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm that was. Yeah. because explaining this, I'm like, wait, did I watch this? <laughs> I enjoyed the sound design in that of three pianos being clunked. I feel like that but... would have been funny if they'd attached a joke to it. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> well, Ken Brockman did have a good joke because they cut to him a lot in this episode and he go, the final time was, he goes, and apparently our news reports are only two sentences long. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. That was decent. I was into that. Um, oh, what about the, uh, the racist bit of when Marge calls the Jimmy Stewart guy a ding-dong? Oh yeah, uh, and they make into it a, a whole extended Vietnam thing. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Was Viet- his friend, and and, uh, and then what was lost over the battle of one pun too many. One pun too yeah. many. Fuck. Television's bad. I think oh, we should I mean, just. I'm, I'm. You know, Nick. You always say that you don't like content. I, I think don't. maybe after this episode, I'm on board with that. I think oh, maybe we sweet. should. Um, it, it just took one episode of season 29 to bring you around yeah. to mine. Yeah, I might go home <laughs> and just cancel my Netflix subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hope it's lost. <laughs> All you need is meme pages and podcasts. And my final note is this was actually a really cute thing of Marge curling the ribbons after she cut them. I thought that was just such a Marge thing to do. Yeah, I enjoyed that, especially because they, they foreshadowed it by saying, oh, well, I could cut the ribbon and then curl it with the big scissors yep. and then does it twice. And twice was just enough. I think. Just enough. Actually, I just realized I skipped the question. Did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? No. No, <laughs> no, it, 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 it didn't. And the show as a whole is off. The characters are off. Like Marge, kind of like, and there's just so many moments of just like silence and downtime in this episode <laughs> as well, where there's mm. just nothing really happening on the screen. Characters aren't talking. There's not a joke being made. Yeah, I was talking to you earlier about how if you go back to a classic episode on Frankiac. And you capture like a moment you remember being really funny. It's like something funny happens every three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> on totally. these old episodes. No, there's there's no room for improvement in some of those old ones. Mm, and yeah. yeah, these ones is such a lot of wasted time. And 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 what I'd say about this is it didn't feel like an episode of The Simpsons, but it felt like an episode of something that had been written after someone had watched two episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah, because there was there were so many callbacks with no purpose to them, um, especially in the whole first third with the monorail stuff, and then they brought back the haircut guy yeah and it's just like who are these people why are they here you've clearly just watched part of season two and three yeah. and gone yeah i can make a show yeah yeah <laughs> i've got the basic building blocks here but no all right well i guess it is time to rank this thing rank, rank this, this thing, thing. <laughs> 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 okay never had this much folly work i like it was that a was that a stray dog that you scooped up <laughs> Is that what that is? That what had that a speech impediment. I had to oh. get it in the van. <laughs> On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But if it's good, bronze, great, silver, excellent, gold. But for the best of the very best, those episodes that just get you hard or wet, whatever you want, you give those episodes <laughs> cubic zirconia. Okay, so we all agree this was amazing, right? It was the best episode <laughs> they've ever done. Despite what we all said before, this is a cubic. No, no. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Um, I'm failing this one. There's just um, there's so little to like about this. And mm. I'd give it a participant because it was mostly boring, but I think i giving it more of a failure because it had a decent concept. Marge becomes mayor and it just squandered it. Nick, what do you reckon? Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with a question for you. Yep. Um, now, I've listened to quite a few episodes of The Simpsons Index, the Thank online you. spreadsheet that is also a <laughs> podcast. Um, and what I want to know is, 
I don't think this has been a phrase yet, but I'd like to run it past you to see if you'll take it on board. Sure. If we fail something, is it called giving the episode the index finger? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Are we on board with that? That is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I'm giving this one the index finger. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, pretty much for the same reasons you said it, I was borderline participating this one, but it has, uh, too many things in it that actually made me groan. Yeah. I laughed out loud when Homer was demolishing the house because the model of the tank looked weird, but other than that, not into it. Very poorly animated destruction of a house, by the way, in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was the poor animation that made me laugh, which I'm not I'm not sure if that's enough to bring it up to a participant. I don't think it is. So, no. uh, James, what do you reckon? What are you ranking this thing? I feel like if there was something between participant and failure, I would give it that. <laughs> but if I have to choose between the two, I'm going ahead and giving it a fail because I did not like it. I thought it was... Uh Morally weak, yeah. <laughs> weak in terms. It's weak in every fucking way. Like it's poorly yeah. written, poorly drawn. Yeah, I, it just feels like something that uh, they sort of like farted out over a series of <laughs> sessions. Like it's uh, here's like, the confetti. Yeah, it's <laughs> like here's, here's a few ideas we had. Let's stitch them together into something that. Yeah, actually, I don't think we hit enough on how, like how morally weak this one is as well. Like mm. it doesn't follow through on its own convictions at yeah. all. It just. Uh, all right. Well, that is a unanimous failure. A big index finger to this episode. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Thanks. Um, this will be joining other such episodes like Monty Burns's Fleeing Circus, The Cat in the Hat, uh, Love is in the N202ARCO2NEHECH4, Treehouse of Horror 26, Mo goes from Rags to Riches, Lisa goes Gaga. Yeah, it belongs in this big pile uh, of I've, I've only seen two of those. I've seen the, the one about Mo's Rag. Oh, fucking awful. And have I seen that Lady Gaga one? Yes, I have. Very bad. Yep. Mm. And also future drama from season 16, The Italian Bob, Funeral for a Fiend, where they bring back Cecil, Sideshow Bob's brother, yep. and the whole family. It's so bad. Anyway. Should we have just watched Marge versus the Monorail again instead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's already I hear been. those things are awfully loud. <laughs> it flies as softly as a cloud. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. So now we're going all the way back to the teens era, and we are... Don't have my notes together because Grift of the Magi. There we go. Grift of the Magi. Is it Magi or Maggie? Magi, I think. Magi. Yeah. Ma- Magi is how I've always pronounced that word. Yeah. I remember this being a pretty good episode, so let's find out. All right, sweet. And remember to subscribe to Pods in the Kids Springfield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Under the next one. All right, we'll be back. We are back, and we just watched our teens episode for today, which was season eleven, episode nine, "The Grift of the Magi." Maggie, Maggie, Magi, Maggie, Maggie Noodles. The two minute noodles. Yeah, that's what I go to pronounce today. It's the Funzo one. It's the one yeah. with Funzo. <laughs> it's one with Funzo. <laughs> the Grift of the Funzo. <laughs> it was first released in December of nineteen ninety nine, and it was written by Tom Martin. In this episode, the school goes bankrupt after Principal Skinner um, gets the mob to contract a bunch of ramps to be built for the school and marketing team called Kid First Industries take over where they exploit the children for information about what the new upcoming toy should be for Christmas and they make Funzo and uh, then Bart and Lisa set out to destroy them all. Guys, what did you think? Really good. Yeah. 
Yes, a market improvement on the <laughs> season 29 episode that we just watched. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this one and man, it's a cracker. Like the first the first third is just relentless. Yeah. It's just yeah. joke after joke after and good jokes too. Yeah, I yeah. remember this one being good, but I didn't remember it being hysterical in quite the same yeah. way yeah. that it was. Yeah, oh, totally. So just starting out, uh, Nick, what's a joke for better or worse that stood out to you? The first joke I have noted on my thing was when Lisa is looking through the board games they could play and there's a, ga- a game called Clam Traffic Jam <laughs> <laughs> um, with a lovely illustration of like a clam wearing a police officer's hat and then yep. a bunch of other clams that have all crashed into each other, which is uh, lovely. Just yeah, lovely. I like a good clam joke. <laughs> How about you, James? What's a joke that immediately stands out to you? First one that really jumped out at me very early in the episode, right before the one Nick just said, is when Bud and Milhouse are sitting on the couch, uh, bored, and Milhouse says, I can't wait until we're teenagers, then we'll be happy. (laughs) Which is the greatest understanding of what it's like to be that is like... The ten-year-old yeah. experience, <laughs> totally, just summed up so perfectly in one line. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, it was sort of a weird way to get the boys to stay inside the hole. There's a hole in the ozone layer, and there's this beam that's chasing every <laughs> millhouse around. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's like the Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War, yeah. just following him. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the joke that I liked from this bit was with Kent Brockman on the news, and he goes, "Go only go outside if you're at like Robin Williams level of hairiness." <laughs> Oh, that was great. But uh, Nick, what's a story moment that stood out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Mm, A story moment. I'm looking at my notes and all I can see is other little jokes that I liked. (laughs) Um, uh, Such as when Ralph says the before teacher yelled at me too. Yep. (laughs) Um, I mean, well, obviously, when Bark breaks his Kotzik bone on the falling backwards onto the bowling ball and then they put in all the ramps only to have Bart come back cured and (laughs) no longer in a wheelchair. Yeah, that Um, actually sort of shows how, like, this episode where... It pivoted a bunch of times to what it was about, but it was just solid throughout. Because I think what they did with all with all the pivots, within every pivot there was a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And yeah. I think what we're seeing in a lot of the season 29s is that there, there'll be a beginning of a thread, but then they never resolve it. Yeah. So it feels like you've travelled a long, long way in that, in that episode because there are so many things that they pick up and resolve. Absolutely. Uh, James, is there a moment from the story that stood out to you, for better or worse? Very early on, there is the scene of Bart and Milhouse. They raid Bart's parents' closet and they're yeah. dressed up in Marge's clothes and they're jumping on the bed, singing Sisters Are Doing For Themselves. This struck yep. me because there's a there's a bit of an argument that Bart is meant to be like a queer figure in a lot of the early seasons of The Simpsons, which oh, is yeah. a reading i really like and i think this is like one of the pivotal scenes where he just uh this is kind of you know maybe not a story moment for the episode so much as the simpsons Mm, in the larger context but i really i i like that there are these scenes of like but exploring gender and sexuality yeah Mm. Yeah, house's line you're afraid you'll like it yeah (laughs) sort of the ongoing idea of you know but sort of uh having this fluidity in his uh, well yeah because he had the fantasy once of seducing the security guard with the yeah big like ball when he tail. shows lisa how to be like a beauty pageant yeah. contestant there's like yeah, a lot of yeah, little yeah. things throughout the show <laughs> yeah, where bart has this sort of like queer aspect to his identity i thought that's like part of the ongoing narrative so that's you know looking bigger picture other than that uh 
Yeah, it's a shame that Homer was a bit homophobic in this, but it did lead to the yeah. good line of, you know, I, I want a non-gay explanation of Milhouse. It's just, uh, we're drunk. Really drunk. <laughs> really drunk. <laughs> yeah, which Homer accepts as a good excuse, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, when, when Homer came in and said, what's happening, I want the non-gay explanation, that's one of those moments where it's like, like there's a record scratch that in, inside yeah. your head now. It's like, oh, <laughs> was that okay then? It's not okay now. I'm not into it. Not Homer cool. is openly homophobic throughout most of the show, and it's kind Kind of a bit of a sticking point. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does put a yeah a, a bad mark on a lot of these older episodes for sure. Um, I did like how the, the Kid First Industries became the main sort of plot of this episode, taking mm. over the, and doing the market research. I thought that led to so many bits of good material. Yeah, yeah, totally. All the classroom scenes and even Bart just like starting to excel at <laughs> at kicking books. <laughs> <laughs> I like how sort of it ends up being fairly benign. Like they discover yeah. the plot and they're like, well, we did kind of screw you. So here's a free toy. <laughs> yeah. Now fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. All right. We'll get back to that moment but play count how many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode um i'm gonna bracket it and say somewhere between probably 20 and 30 yeah I reckon. yeah i'd say about 30 probably is yeah. a fair number i feel like this is one that i've watched in repeat plenty of times throughout my life one that i will tune in for yeah, yeah. stick around for if i was channel surfing um and this was on it's definitely like oh shit yeah, yeah. i'm definitely keeping that on especially yeah. this time of year because we're approaching christmas we're and approaching this is a christmas yeah classic christmas episode didn't intend for this because uh, yeah usually we don't uh, line up holidays with episodes and stuff unless it's mm-hmm. halloween because halloween's awesome uh <laughs> yeah i totally didn't intend to do this one at this time of year and i honestly forgot it was a christmassy episode did you also intend for Lindsay nagel to be in this one as well no didn't intend or the tire fire came all, up all as the well. tire fire <laughs> you've you've really accidentally slam dunked the first two i do like it's amazing how these little threads can pop up <laughs> yeah we'll see when we get to the next episode if it continues <laughs> sure any impactful moments from this episode that have like stayed with you over the years quotes that you always bring up and such uh for some reason the phrase attila the fun has stuck with me <laughs> 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 i've always thought that i don't know that's a that's a fun turn of phrase there's a lot of good stuff in here like um i think if you don't have Fonzo, you're nothing. Yeah. The sort of slogan on the ad yep. is so good because it just cuts right through to like what the purpose of advertising yeah. is. Oh, that it ad is purely was so to like not just make you want a product, but to make you like feel worthless without it. Yeah, to feel like you're like this is what will complete your life. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I had an interesting little spin-off when uh, when Taya Leone got a, a name mentioned yeah. at some point, yeah. and, and I was like. Fuck, yeah, I used to watch Caroline in the City all the time and then looked it up on Wikipedia and I'm like, oh no, that's not Taylor Leone in Caroline in the City. Does anyone remember Caroline in the City, by the way? Or was no, I, no, no. I remember it was, that it existed. It was a show about a, a, a female cartoonist that had an enormous apartment in New York and had wacky adventures. Yeah? And when they yeah. show you her cartoons sometimes and they weren't good? Yeah. Yeah. And also the the whole um, opening credit sequence was like a watercolory cartoon thing, which was apparently what her style was. Huh. Every anyway. 90s sitcom is just here's like somebody living in New York who has like a weird yeah. job. and Yeah, it reminds me of the family guy a bit. How about a show where a woman's working at a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing I remember from Caroline in the City was there was a scene where one of the female characters, to impress one of the male characters, decided to stuff her bra to give herself the appearance 
appearance of larger breasts, but she stuffed it with M&Ms for some reason. <laughs> and then at some point while she's at this party, she leans over to pick something up and M&Ms just go everywhere. <laughs> and then I think one of the other characters says like, whoa, this one's paying out. Like she's a poker machine. <laughs> What? It's take, <laughs> yeah. Taking from that old Simpsons joke of uh, Barney like, swallowing the coins. Yes, 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 totally. There's I thought, I thought you were going to say it went for a, like, uh, it melts in your mouth, not in your hands, but it also melts in your boobs. Uh, <laughs> I like what you've done there. Yeah. Rewriting show I've never even seen before. Speaking of um, uh, swallowing coins, I once swallowed some <laughs> coins, but my parents couldn't see any change in, oh. in me. Couldn't see any change in me, Elliot. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, that was a tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> <That was laughs> Did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. And a Very re- much so. And a really good one at that. It feels yeah. like this era has a different energy to it to the earlier episodes and what follows. There's this sort of like franticness to it in a way. It's yeah, very yeah. like, I don't know, it's kind of frantic and funny and like a bit weird. Like I reckon seasons nine to about twelve have a very specific energy. Yeah. yeah. Even like the music's a bit different, the animation's a little different. Yeah, yeah. it sort of comes off like not quite, but just a little bit like a sketch show almost. Yeah. 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 But like you were saying with like the resolving of the plots, like yeah, everything was pretty satisfying about this episode. Mm. It also works in a lot of like great characters, like Fat Tony right yeah. at the start. Really good episode for Skinner. Yep. The stuff with Mr. Burns, the seventh Simpson, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, you got the five, and then, of course, Springfield himself is a character in the show. And then you got <laughs> the Mr. Burns scene. We were all oh, dying watching man. the Mr. Burns that scene. That is just so classic. Well, that's the moment that stood with me over the years. I've never liked that Dr. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, school kids putting on the play, and Burns just... <laughs> Just wholeheartedly and earnestly gets into it. It's 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 weird because it feels completely out of character, but it also feels so right that yeah. he would just get so invested. I love yeah. it so Mr. much. Mr. Burns not being able to read like the ridiculousness of a situation <laughs> is classic, yeah. Mr. Burns. Yeah, true. But yeah, just how he was so invested. Maybe he does like the live theater. He, I mean, that took place at his house at his uh, personal <laughs> theater. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the rap point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so just funny. so into it. Like, oh, and I loved the classic uh, drop hatch you know, uh, gag. <laughs> and then they come out of the roof for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing that thing again. Oh, yeah. See, that's the kind of Simpsons joke I love where they... That is a weird joke, right? Yeah. But it hits so well in that episode because they don't focus on it for too long. Yep. Yeah. They, they don't try to put forward a bogus explanation. They just go, oh, that thing's happening and cut away from it <laughs> yeah. straight away. But at this point, <laughs> like, they're really flexing the world to see how far they can bend it. Yeah. In later seasons, they just break it repeatedly while they're... Totally. Like that harpoon joke in that yeah. episode we just watched. No, oh, that, that is a good metaphor for it. But, you know, you better add an as a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I hate myself for saying that. I see what you've done there. (laughs) But yeah, feeling like an episode of The Simpsons, I felt like all the characters were on point. I liked actually how Bart was still shilling the fun so even after he got it. (laughs) Yeah. Why not buy three? (laughs) Three it is. Oh, wow. Funzo makes playtime fun time. (laughs) Heavy indoctrination into the advertising world. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And yeah, Lisa's totally on point. She loves uh, uh, standing up social justice and all that. And I like how Bart's just only a little bit on, along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, there's a great line. I forget the exact wording, but it's something like, if you're going to... Chuck a spaz or yeah, something? Yeah, if you're going to chuck a spaz, I'll come with. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just this great, like, 
Because I've said on our podcast, Pods in the Key of Springfield, that I love... Like and subscribe. Ep- yeah. <laughs> I love episodes where Bud and Lisa team up yeah. to like face a common evil together. I think that's such a great dynamic totally. when those two work together to overcome something. And then in this one, they throw in Homer as well at the end, and that just <laughs> sweetens it even further. Oh, and the opening line of when Homer joins the team, and he's like, all right, so who am I going to beat up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just the fact that he's immediately gone in going, oh, kids want me to do something, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm dressed up at Santa, there's a Christmas I've got to ruin. And, and there's a kind of sweetness to that, just like... Uh, Homer having accepted, yeah, if Bud and Lisa like say this is a thing, like I better help them out <laughs> yeah. with it. If, if I'm required for this thing, then I may as well yeah. get in. Oh, yeah. it's good. Because one of the world building things the Simpsons managed to do in seasons like six onwards is kind of like have Homer and Marge no longer be incredulous towards Bud and Lisa. Like, yeah, they're usually right about these things. Yeah. So. Mm. Like Lisa the Iconoclast where he sort of says, you know, you're usually right about these things once I want in on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet little thing. Uh, absolutely. That I like in this episode a lot. No, and coming into the wackiness of this episode, yeah, Homer burgling the houses was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the soundtrack of the caroling. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they only showed two of them, I think, makes it work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. well, one going well, and then the other one just <laughs> go, go. going as badly as possible. Immediately totally. tips over the tree, gets attacked by a dog. <laughs> Bart and Lisa singing louder as well. Oh, the way God. they like look at each other as <laughs> well in that moment. Is caroling a thing that happens in Australia? Um, I haven't had it happen I've, to me. I haven't had it. Uh, I would hate it so much. Because <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of things that I need to steal from a lot of houses. And, <laughs> and caroling seemed like a pretty good cover. But if it's not an Australian tradition, then it's going to seem really awkward and forced. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, Halloween's only just starting to become... A, did, you, um, did you guys get trick-or-treaters this year? Or? Uh, I was actually out of the house this, yeah. this year. So I got back home at about 8... 30 at night and on the way home I was like you know what better buy a bag of fun sized Twix and some Cadbury favourites <laughs> yep. knowing full well that all the all the little trick or treaters would be in bed by then but I was just going to eat all the chocolate myself <laughs> happy Halloween and I fucking enjoyed it uh, people did come you just didn't answer the door yeah <laughs> uh, well no it's, uh, well, I've, I've had trick or treaters before yeah and um, you yeah yeah, this year I sort of around the time everyone was trick or treating, I decided to go for a walk, and the streets <laughs> were full of ghouls. Yeah, <laughs> and it was very scary. <laughs> Nobody came. My house is kind of tucked away in a way that makes it difficult. To... Did did at any point someone come up to you and give a soul crushing compliment? Like, man, that's a really scary costume you've got on. <laughs> well, this is just me. Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> Uh, actually, I, I did die 10 years ago tonight in that very street. So. And the rest <laughs> of our podcast was just a death dream. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, there were a lot of wacky moments in this episode. The whole uh, the ramp sequence as well was particularly funny. <laughs> oh, when the, when the ramps come out like roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, what is a loop? Just great. And then Bart like, walking out with that smile on his face. Totally. Like, <laughs> showing oh. how strong his butt bone is. <laughs> that was classic. Some great sound effects and... And everyone just like tepid applause. <laughs> oh man. The yeah. sound design on this episode was phenomenal the whole yeah. way through. Like one note that I made is when they're all showing their favorite toys and they just show Nelson like cranking that jack in the box. Oh. The noise of that jack in the box. I was having like a reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Oh, that drove me nuts. You never saw it pop out. <laughs> so unsatisfying. Good visceral noise, too, when Bart lands back first on the bowling ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really sounds crunch. like he breaks his spine. Uh, I mean, this is something that we, that Jekyll and I had picked up in a 
in a pre-podcast watch through of The Simpsons. Yeah. Lots of visceral sound design. Yeah. yeah. Visceral is a word we used often when watching The Simpsons pre-podcast. <laughs> and that was one of the the great ones. Just like I don't know what they did in in the sound booth. Did they get like an entire shoulder of pork and just, <laughs> just wrench it apart? <laughs> but yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, there, there were so many wacky moments. I think we'll hit on more. But just for the moment, what about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel bumps? Mm, uh, yeah, I'm a few here and there. Uh, I don't know. There's something weirdly nice about Mo not committing suicide <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, I felt the end was actually like a really uh, saccharine uh, <laughs> moment for the episode, like to wrap up with the, yeah. the narrator. and yeah. I mean, my my thing with the ending was when it started making all the references to Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Yeah, I just went off thinking about Muppet Christmas Carol, which is <laughs> which is a genuinely one of my favourite movies of all time, and b yep. I'm about two weeks away from where I start to watch it all the time. <laughs> um, and I've I've made James do a previous watching of it with me, and we very much it was a whole different experience watching it with him because I've always enjoyed it on a very pure and innocent level like yeah. I, I actually really love the movie watching it with him we spent the whole time mocking michael kane <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right and he's in it isn't yeah he? oh, is michael kane in there michael kane's in <laughs> M- Muppet christmas carol but there, there's a bit in, in the very end where they're doing like a big redemption song in the town square yeah. and michael kane just starts doing this wonderful elbow <laughs> dancing <laughs> it's the best thing i recommend everyone go watch it it's great it uh, is a good dance it's actually it amazing. This is uh, the second podcast in a row where uh, Muppets have come up. We were talking about Muppets Treasure Island on the on the oh, other one. Shit. Um, and singing the Cabin Fever song. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're all big Muppets fans. <laughs> nice. But yeah, the, the ending with the heart moment, I like the uh, very respectful argument that Bart, Lisa, uh. Gary Coleman were having <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure why Gary Coleman is in this episode, but it's still... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, may as well just quickly jump ahead to the guest stars of this episode. So, yeah, Gary Coleman apparently was working as a security guard at one point to make ends meet. Um, right. Yeah, so that's what that was referencing. Okay. Sure. But, okay. I mean, good of him to, yeah, have a sense of humour about himself in this one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do like the phone not being plugged in. I think <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's the best joke in that whole that, thing. That's I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the whole uh, three prawns is hardly a galaxy. Seems <laughs> to have a lot of rice in that container it's full yeah. over the brim mm. and yeah then bart's line later of yeah he's a few prawns short of a galaxy, galaxy. <laughs> and when, when they come out of that and they cut back to gary coleman and he's there uh doing karate kicks in, <laughs> in midair i wanted him to be karate kicking books oh that would have been great like the kid first industry teacher guy but it, it, it anyway. makes so much sense it'd, oh. be, it'd be a nice callback yeah and even though i kind of rolled my eyes at his uh, whole uh, what you're talking about Lindsay thing mm. uh, that was like groany but then when he goes yeah, I knew exactly what she was talking about nice save nice very, save. very nice save and at the end when he's what you're talking about everyone <laughs> such a great tacky ending um Oh, yeah, other guest stars, sorry. Yeah, Joe Mantegna as Fat Tony, fucking excellent as always. Always yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. There's a there's an episode that I listened to the audio commentary on the DVD of where they uh, they had him on there. You mean recently or like 15 years ago when you listened to it? That was a while ago, but it's yeah. like one of the later seasons and they're yeah. talking to him. And he's like, yeah, I always love coming on the show. And uh, they say, oh, we got this great plot line for you this season where Fat Tony actually dies. He gets killed and then he gets replaced by his identical twin, yeah. Fit Tony. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just hear that he's not into it. 
Uh, yeah, because that episode, Donnie Fatso, is, we gave it a unanimous participant, but it probably should have gotten worse. It's pretty weak, yes. <laughs> yeah. Even John Hamm's sultry voice couldn't save that. I'm also starting to really like how not only is The Simpsons Index an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. <laughs> like and subscribe. But apparently you've memorized it all because <laughs> I reckon that's the third time that you've pulled a rating out without having to check your phone. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> impressed. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, yeah, just did this podcast to justify my encyclopedic knowledge of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I might start calling you Encarta J. O'Neill. <laughs> Also, Jekyll, are there any guest stars that you would have wanted to be in this episode? Perhaps your favourite guest star of The Simpsons? My favourite guest star? DeVitz. Oh, the DeVitz. <laughs> Old mate DeVito. DeVito, yeah. Yeah, I think DeVito should just be a serious regular on this. I think DeVito should be in everything, though. So. Apparently they tried to bring him back multiple times, but he keeps turning him down. Really? I'm not sure if that's something that he wanted to know. Sorry. Because on, on several <laughs> occasions, he's threatened to turn pods in the Kia Springfield, like and subscribe, into a DeVito-specific podcast. <laughs> Look, um, Danny DeVito, if you're out there, if you and Alyssa Milano are listening to this together, <laughs> you got to go back, son. <laughs> oh, man. you got to get back on The Simpsons, bro. Yep. Although, honestly, you know, kind of that ship has sailed, I think. Yeah. By the way, Danny DeVito, still really enjoying Always Sunny. Keep that going. Oh, Big fan. Always Sunny. Other guest stars for this episode, uh, Clarence Clemens was the narrator. I didn't know who this was. Looked him up. He was a saxophonist for the Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's the one that's on the album cover then. Yeah, yeah. Really, uh, like, seven foot tall black guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's an album cover where Bruce is leaning up against the guy that is the saxophonist. So it must be... Clarence Clements. <laughs> yeah, and ap- apparently he was on different strokes as well, uh, tying into Gary Coleman and interesting. Yeah, had an amazing career, but yeah, unfortunately passed away in 2011 as and Gary Coleman in 2010. Um, yep. And the other guest star for this episode, playing Jim Hope, the Kid First Industries guy, was Tim Robbins. Oh, it was Tim Robbins. Yeah, no, uh, amazing little. Uh, wouldn't have even thought about it. Sort uh, of cameo. I don't watch movies. Who's Tim Robbins? He's uh, the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. He, he is the Shawshank yeah, Redemption. Yeah, he's the one who gets redeemed yeah. in Shawshank. Oh, right. Okay. I no no idea who I that is. I think he might be married to Susan Sarandon, is he? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? I would and probably will. Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And if you're watching it again, what playlist are you going to put it in? Maybe you're marathoning some Simpsons episodes? Yeah, oh. definitely Christmas episodes. Yeah, Simpsons Christmas Boogie. <laughs> yeah. um, have you titled the playlist as well as categorised it? I don't see why you wouldn't. I love it. <laughs> uh, it can also go in Bart and Lisa teaming up to do stuff. Yep, yep. Little um, Bart and Lisa vigilante work, yeah. Prominent guest stars playing themselves, we've found that. And Fat Tony episodes. Yep, yep. Yeah, lots of... Um, episodes that have commentary on capitalism. I'm not sure if yeah. that's... Because I feel like whenever the playlist discussion comes up on Simpsons Index, it's often in the reference of being hungover. Am I, <laughs> am I, and I'm not sure if commentary on capitalism is is like hungover playlist style thing. But yeah, well, it comes up because we found the most... Uh, in our discussions, the most time you are doing a Simpsons marathon is when... Is when you're hungover. Yeah. So, Nick, is there anything you'd change about this episode? Ooh, um, not really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, no, off the, top, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything I'd change. It was really, really solid. Yep. James? Well, I said Gary Coleman felt a little like a tenuous sort of thing in this. So I wasn't sure. really sure yeah. why a lot of the episode was spent making fun of Gary Coleman. But <laughs> other than that, I thought it was really strong. I really like, you know, it's, I like that they argue all night. 
come to the conclusion that uh, the commercialization of Christmas yeah. is at best a mixed blessing because that's <laughs> kind of like them acknowledging that it's too big a topic to really like delve in deep on what they're doing here and uh yeah but even when they were at disagreements they were just so respectful with each other (laughs) you're just like oh my god why can't twitter be like this (laughs) i also kind of like like the funzo is basically like a magical object he's basically bender from futurama (laughs) uh, yeah the door that opens and can have anything in it yeah (laughs) has a pencil sharpener on the side of like I, i i really like this one i think it's a strong app Probably if I went back and looked over what else happened in season 11, it's probably one of the better episodes in that season, I would guess. Yeah, definitely. And even at the end where I thought it was starting to lull when they threw the Funzos on the tire fire, like they brought it back really strong with everybody gathering around the table. And, totally. Yeah. Um, and I totally forgot that, yeah, they tied Mr. Burns back into what they had him before, you know, donating the money. And and they managed to reset the universe that way because yep. then yeah. the school could reopen, yeah. Oh, you say yep. he just found the money in like a coat pocket or something? And so... in, in his tuxedo pants, I <laughs> yeah. think it was. Yeah. Um, I just happened to have a basket of money in here. Although the mojo was pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, when it first came on the screen, because I, I forgot that they had the most suicide oven in the head joke not even just the oven in a head but also the no funeral yeah sign on the back which is that being used as like a reaction on twitter when somebody (laughs) makes a tweet you don't like oh really yeah nice yeah it's either that or i don't want to live on this planet anymore from futurama yeah but yeah uh, managed to make it um nice and sweet as well with Mm. by him cooking a goose maybe the simpsons is actually a good show I could support that theory. I'm interested in your views and would like to subscribe to your newsletter. (laughs) Or perhaps podcast oh well actually nick is uh, yeah you say that i have a podcast it's called pods in the key of springfield that sounds great is that yeah. something i can like and subscribe to definitely uh, maybe <laughs> if you click on the right series of buttons sure yep. um already covered the musical moments uh nick do you have any other notes about this episode um, I do enjoy that uh, the the joke Homer has about um, Mr. Burns releases the hounds on every charity, including and then lists a bunch <laughs> and include e- e- even release the hounds. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> oh, that was great. That's my last note. James, any other notes? I feel like this episode showcases peak period Ralph. I feel like Ralph is oh yeah a difficult character that The Simpsons often struggles to hit the right tone with. And I feel like in this one where he's just like, he's kind of, he's like obviously slow, but he's also kind of fun. And you could believe that other kids would kind of like him. I think yeah. that's the right tone to hit with Ralph. I think this is good Ralph period. Good and then Ralph. they completely fuck him in like a season or two, I think. When, when he gets a speech impediment. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Have you guys seen the episode where he becomes president? Of the United States of America. Oh, yeah, God. it's bad. It's a bad app. Uh, uh, it just horrendously. And one of those ones where you're watching it the whole time. What the fuck are we watching? <laughs> Man, uh, imagine someone as stupid as Ralph being president of the United States. <laughs> just or, Im- or stupider. <laughs> J- just imagine. <laughs> All right. And now it's time for the last of my notes. Quickfire style. Quickfire style. <laughs> <laughs> I like the gag with the silly string where um, Bart uh, draws Millhouse on Lisa. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a good bit of animation there. <laughs> and uh, so at the hospital after Bart breaks his coccyx, when Dr. Hibbert's just like doing the defibrillator on his butt. <laughs> 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 do you need to do that? Well, it's just good for the batteries. 
<laughs> I'm a big fan of the viewing window on the. Oh, I was with that. See, the, you the, see that butthole. <laughs> yeah. See, I found it really weird that they because they they could have done the viewing window gag without centering the camera on yeah. on Bart's little crack. <laughs> I found that a bit confronting. Yeah. Sure. I just I really like how excited those students are to see sure, this yeah. Ooh, a 10 year old's asshole great. And, especially <laughs> considering moments before it was uncovered for a solid three minutes but yeah. it's the viewing window that gets people excited you know <laughs> uh, that was really weird and yeah Tony uh, Fat Tony in this episode where he's like getting all philosophical and you know <laughs> does a peacock need all them feathers and all that sort of stuff and say so it happens in the autumn years yeah, yeah. That's the line. yeah I really liked Fat Tony and Skinner's interactions in this episode Mm. I like how, yeah, Tony drives away with a money sack as well. And something interesting... <laughs> so cartoony, is good. Yeah. And something interesting I read the other day, apparently Gene Simmons from Kiss owns the trademark for that. What, a bag of money? What, a bag of money? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's insane. Apparently the patent ran out and he jumped on, on it, so uh, uh, he can sue anyone that draws a bag of money without his permission or, or cutting him in. <laughs> That's genuinely confusing. Fucking Gene Simmons, man. What are you doing, Gene Simmons? He also tried to patent uh, the devil horns that you make when you go to a metal uh, show. Gene oh. Simmons, if you're listening, get Danny DeVito to check us out. <laughs> And I'll, I'll just put you up on one thing there. When you go to a metal show or like an Avril Lavigne gig, <laughs> and I say that as an unapologetic Avril Lavigne fan, you are what we call a skater boy. Thank you. Yeah, she said, "See you later, boy." <laughs> you weren't good enough for her. That's the. You are sounding like a modern Quimby, <laughs> a skater uh, boy. A boy. You might say I feel like Radiation Man. <laughs> Sick. I like that Mo was wearing bread bags for shoes. <laughs> Again, another just quick little animation bit. Didn't linger. Didn't have anyone saying, why are you wearing bread bags for shoes? Yeah. Jeez, Mo. Mama me, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a me, Mo. Anyway, uh, Super Mo Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> was that Mo Rio? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Sick. <laughs> Mo Rio. Worry mode. <laughs> Much better. Yes. Much better. I'm, I'm glad I went for the second round. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't really like the joke about the severance package being Valencia oranges. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm laughing bit. now thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it is like, <laughs> they, oh, these are a juice orange. Like, that kind of plays. That's a joke that feels like someone in the writing room just discovered what Valencia oranges were yeah. and the fact that they are juice oranges, not table oranges. I and think then it they works were... because they were in a gift basket. If it had just been a bag yeah. of oranges, I don't think it would have been good. But oh, I think the, the gift basket. It, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a really weird bit and it doesn't really belong, but I've always uh, quoted this over the years and it's Wiggum's impression of Ed Sullivan. Yeah. <laughs> really make sure. Really make sure. <laughs> I yep. think it's just a fun voice to do. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep. <laughs> Krusty's uh, line of going through all the religious holidays, you know, have a quasi Kwanzaa and a solemn dignified Ramadan. <laughs> uh, tip top tet is something I often <laughs> say. <laughs> Even though tet. I'm not sure what religion celebrates tet, I've never looked into it. No, it's, me neither. It's something I say. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, just going back to impressions for a moment. Yeah. Something I found uh, when doing Pods in the Key of Springfield, the podcast that James and I host, like and subscribe, like um, <laughs> is that I always thought I was pretty good at impressions and accents. And then hearing 
it back on a recorded medium has made me realize I'm <laughs> fucking terrible at it. To the point where the other day I copped some criticism on Twitter. Oh, really? We, we did um, Brush with Fame, the, the Ringo episode. Oh, yeah. And someone called me out and said, yeah, you went to do a Ringo voice, <laughs> but you were doing Yorkshire, not Liverpool. And as, what? As, yeah, I know. And the That's thing a is, weird one because we both do about six different voices yeah, <laughs> yeah. for Ringo. But the thing about that is like, I've always kind of had a bit of pride in the accuracy of my regional accents. Yeah. Turns out if I have to pull them out you know, on demand, they're terrible. And it's just very, very depressing. So have you, in the process of doing the Simpsons Index, listened back and gone... <laughs> Ooh, my, my Marge isn't as good as I thought it was. C O C O B B. Yeah, I can do an, a, an accent of Tobias or Bruno Drundridge, all right, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias! Yeah, so the ad with the Funzo as well. Back to what you were saying, it can do everything. I like it. It also has firepower. <laughs> Just shoots his sister. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and the other kid who like drops his little puppy dog as soon as he sees it. Like, just like little great animation bit of animal suffering. <laughs> yep, I realise like I'm I, an awful person. I like the kids missing a tooth as well. That's like a yeah. nice little no, drawing bit. Definitely. The mob going from muttering to door smashing in 22 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Not sure why they were in a spa watching that, on a, on a, w- watching a live feed on a TV screen. They're, and, ma- they're making spa jacuzzi money now. And a live multi-camera feed, too, <laughs> of, of a shop being broken into. Yep. But, I mean, the animation of Lenny, like, just immediately breaking the door with a candy cane. I can't wait till the store opens. <laughs> Into it. And yeah, uh, I'd be satisfied if I saw some trampling. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you wear cleats to a store? (laughs) Oh, poor Mo. Gary Coleman had a funny line, which was his biggest ripoff since Webster. Um, That went over my head because I don't engage with content. (laughs) uh, Webster was Emmanuel Lewis. uh, Oh, sure. Yeah. For a tiny moment there, I thought you were going to say Webster. Sorry, when you said Webster, I was like, "What the dictionary?" And then you <laughs> You're said, "You're going to provide the definition of yeah." You know, and, and then you said Emmanuel, and I didn't pick it as a name. <laughs> I was like, "What a dictionary?" Are you about to tell me a dictionary is a manual for words? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should call it. Word yeah. manual. A, a word manual. <laughs> oh, garage. <laughs> dictionary. Oh, luda di da. <laughs> It's a manual for words. <laughs> See, I'm going to listen back to that and go, my mo's not very good. Was that not Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> oh, that was excellent. And my last note is, yeah, when Homer's trying to convince uh, Gary Coleman to come over, my wife makes too much stuffing and too much sweet potatoes. <laughs> I just love the way oh. he says that. Potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> but, so, sweet potatoes, right? So, th- there's a cooking website that I go to all the time because they do re- a really sciencey approach to food and yep. I'm interested in both science and food. You fucking nerd. I know. <laughs> I've actually noticed all your Nigella and Jamie Oliver books here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> heaps. Uh, SeriousEats.com. Yep. Uh, it's an American-based website that does a science approach to food. Uh, but around this time of year, in kind of like mid to late November, that website becomes incomprehensible for me as an Australian because all their rest recipes become thanksgiving stuff yeah so have you heard of sweet potato casserole 
What? The, yeah, this is apparently a traditional American Thanksgiving dish, right? Yeah. Essentially, it's mashed sweet potatoes with some like herbs and spices and salt and pepper. So that's okay. Mashed sweet potatoes, sure. Lay that out in the bottom of a casserole dish. Then on top of it, you put marshmallows and then you put them under the grill to melt the marshmallows. Excuse me? I don't care for yes. that. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> America. Look. Elliot, I know you've got some American <laughs> listeners. I want them to write in <laughs> and try to defend this abomination of a dish. I just feel like Americans are scared of vegetables because sweet potatoes are <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. And then they go, mm, not sweet enough, needs marshmallow. I don't get it. Not into it. Oh, my God. Who who, who was the first one that... Oh. But, I mean, have you guys been to the States? Uh, he has. I haven't. Yeah, I've been a few times. Literally cover everything with cheese. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's horrible cheese as well. Uh, yeah, the liquid nacho cheese. Yeah, is that garbage. the Is that the aerosol stuff from the can? <laughs> it can be, yeah. Orange bullshit. Yeah. Americans <laughs> listening, your cheese is not great. But yeah, they do have a weird obsession with marshmallows as well, because then there's the fluff and nutter sandwiches, which is a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the marshmallow fluff with peanut butter. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. the hell? I, I mean, just don't get it. Well, I guess we eat Vegemite, so there we <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's it, I think it is time to rank this thing. Rank this thing. Rank this thing. Jack will kick it off. Uh, what's the one just below cubic zirconia? It goes uh, cubic zirconia, gold, silver, bronze for the good rankings. Okay. What's the distinction between gold and silver? Silver's great. Gold is excellent. And and cubic zirconia is... Essential. D- is essential. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Essentially, gold and cubic are the same rank, except uh, cubic is uh, separated because we say uh, to experience The Simpsons, you have to watch this episode. Right. Okay. Okay. I think I may be inclined to go silver then. Silver's great. In that case, I think uh, it's right on the cusp of being gold for me. I found it very funny. I feel like maybe some of my laughter was prompted by the fact that I hated the other episode. (laughs) But I think this is a very strong season 11 episode that stands up there with the really, you know, is not necessarily like my favorite episode or like in the absolute top list, but it's uh, a very strong episode that I was very happy to watch again. Yeah. Um, I'll say for me, like on a theoretical level, I feel like I should go silver, but I had just too much fun with this one. So I'm going gold. Yeah, I don't think it's essential. But yeah, if you chuck this one on, you're going to have a great time. And round us off, Nick. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go silver as well. And my justification for going silver is while I really, really enjoyed it, it's not an episode that I've remembered and that's stuck in my head. Yeah. Like it actually caught me off guard at how much I enjoyed it, Yeah, which is a weird kind of, you know, Really enjoyable, but clearly it's not one that's stuck in my head the way that, you know, Marge versus the Monorail or, or all those other episodes have. Mm. So for me, I think it's hitting silver because whilst it's in very enjoyable, I'm probably going to forget about it in, a, in another couple of weeks. <laughs> no, that's and fair then, enough. You know, Eventually we'll get to it in our podcast, Pods in the Key of Springfield, <laughs> like which is and podcast you can like and subscribe to, yes. No, absolutely. Well, this will be a shiny silver all over. This will be joining such episodes as Monty Can't Buy Me Love, the Loch Ness Monster one. I don't like that episode. Um, <laughs> we had some mixed feelings but overall we found it like really funny um a hunker hunker burns in love where burn starts dating a woman like a fifth of his age he's really old isn't he uh mm. we- weekend at burnsies the famous weed episode oh yeah children of a lesser clod where homer opens a daycare after the scabby knee 
thing and Springfield Up where they sort of do the 7-Up documentary parody Uh, but in Springfield so yeah these are all sort of solid funny episodes that have got some fundamental problems yeah it's interesting I feel like that episode was better than some of those but I I feel like we all gave it the right ranking so yeah yeah. absolutely I'm a harsh critic All right, now we are going all the way back to the classic era now, where we're going back to season six and doing Lisa's Rival. Ooh, very excited. Very. Uh Uh-oh. All right, we'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for today, which was season six, episode two, Lisa's Rival. First released in September of 1994, written by Mike Scully, and in this episode, there's a new girl in Springfield, Allison. What? Yeah, and she's even better than Lisa at everything. I thought Lisa was the smart one. Also, in the B story, Homer <laughs> gets a whole pile of sugar and we watch as he tries to sell it. <laughs> and it's amazing. Guys, what did you think? Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like television. And this was an episode of a television <laughs> show, so I enjoyed it. Yeah. This was an episode of television. Yeah, I am a... Huge fan of the B story in this one. The A story, yeah. I think, is great, but the B story is like an all-timer. Oh, it's now sensational. When you, now, when you say the B story, do you mean the secondary <laughs> story or do you mean the story that relates to the Bs? Nick, you diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it's just excellent. I love those characters. So, right. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, in doing my research for the show, I found that although Mike Scully wrote it, Conan O'Brien actually pitched the A story for this episode to give Lisa a foil. And the, the whole sugar thing was George Meyer's idea as well. And yeah, he, right. he's one of my big favorite Simpsons writers. Uh, guys, what's some jokes that stood out to you? Start with you, Nick. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the big takeaway from this episode, I think maybe the most quoted bit from this episode is the whole, uh, here's a ball, perhaps you'd like to bounce yeah. it. <laughs> uh, it, it. It got away from you, you know. That, that, you keep at it. <laughs> yeah. That stuff I, I see people use a lot. Uh, my favorite takeaway line is when Mole Man says, if only the sugar was as sweet <laughs> as you. Um, oh. I use that often. Yep. Oh, that was great. And I like how he's peeling off the how am I driving sticker. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's actually funny. After about a week and a half of having my pee plates, um, I got in a major car accident, rode off my car, and it was totally oh. my fault. Oh, no. Um, everybody was fine. Um, but I had the unfortunate thing that I'd gotten my brother's old car, and he had a sticker on it that said, don't like my driving, dial 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Nice. <laughs> and so here's my car that I essentially turned into a ramp for a Jeep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it hit me head on, it flipped, and then, yeah, here's my car Holy shit. with a big how my driving sticker <laughs> wow well i'm i'm at least glad that it was dial 1-800-8 shit because yeah. i've i've seen the, there's a bumper sticker that i've seen around adelaide a few times where it's don't like my driving email me at www.gofuckyourself at yourplace.com and i'm like that makes no that's not sense an email address. <laughs> that's not the that, that's not the syntax of an email address <laughs> no slash um, slash <laughs> gmail <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Oh, my Hashtag God, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty terrible. Uh, uh, James, what's a joke that stood out to you from this episode? One that jumped out at me that I'd kind of forgotten was in this episode is when Lisa imagines a future where she is the member of a band <laughs> that's made up of the second best members of a bunch of other bands. Yes. Yeah. And then she wakes up in their fantasy saying, why would they come to our concert just to boo us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so great. Like, I love how they sort of 
shine a spotlight on some of the fantasy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, in that one as well, it was, yeah, Garfunkel, Oates, and Messina, who I didn't know, but apparently he was in a band with Kenny Loggins. Like, Jesus. What, yeah. Danger zone. Man. <laughs> Imagine and- being the second banana to Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, joke that uh, stood out to me immediately. Um, man, Ralph was just on top form in this episode. Mm. Like at the start where he t- uh, doesn't know what Lisa just said. My cat's name is Mittens. <laughs> and then when Hoover... I love these things where they sort of have another character do a, the character's joke for them, if that makes any sense. Where Miss Hoover goes, oh, this better not be about your cat. Yeah, like, totally. Really gives you a clue to Ralph's character. Nick, for better or worse, what's a moment from the story that stood out to you? Um, the moment that stood out to me is when they start playing the anagram game and, <laughs> and, and Lisa fails at Jeremy Irons because yeah. what I did was go to an anagram website <laughs> for our head podcast, post in the Kiev Spring, yeah. like and yep. subscribe. Because <laughs> this has happened a few times where I've dived down an anagram hole. Um, <laughs> Sounds sexy. Uh, yeah, yeah, my man cave, my anagram cave. <laughs> uh, so here are my top four anagrams of what you could turn Jeremy Irons into. <laughs> Number They're, four. Uh, number four, Jersey Miner. Uh, I don't know if Jeremy Irons is from Jersey. I think Might he's from Britain. <laughs> yep. Well, that's not going to work. Then he could have been wearing a jersey. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Or a rugby top, as we would call it. Uh, Mr. Noisy Jeer, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and then in the the world where Jeremy Irons is a middle ages marriage counsellor, he would have been known as Rejoin Ye Misses. <laughs> And then in one where he was in a uh, Friends spin-off as the local bathhouse manager, where he would be called Rinse Mr. Joey. <laughs> this has been Nick's Anagram Corner. Nick's Anagram Corner. The, <laughs> the Anagram Corner. Um, yeah, I like that. In the Joey spin-off, that was an unreleased episode. <laughs> yeah, totally. Very weird episode. Just 23 minutes of Joey sitting in a bath going, I'm, I'm not comfortable with any of this. Hey, James, what's a moment from the story that stood out to you? Uh, well, it's largely the whole sugar thing, I suppose. It's, it's like it's I, amazing. Like. The moment where he pulls the English guy out of the pile of sugar... <laughs> And so he says, I, you know, where'd you get that sugar from? I nicked it when you let your guard down. That is so absurd. Yeah. But uh, this is the kind of absurdity that The Simpsons was able to do at this point and get away with. And very yeah. very small touch of why I like that joke. They went with nicked it rather than stole it. Yeah. 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 It's those little details that I really dig. Absolutely. And um, that they bring him back again with the spit take <laughs> as the sugar's melting. And the whole sugar thing is so such a ridiculous plot line, wall to wall. Everything yeah. that happens in it is so heightened and silly, but it works. It's so goofy and fun Good. and ridiculous and like singular. Like, you know, this feels like an idea that came out of a human mind <laughs> rather yeah. than just uh, like a by committee series of decisions that didn't go anywhere interesting like in that first episode we watched totally absolutely and it's one of these things that yeah it's a ridiculous idea but they they managed to make it work mm. and that you're just along for the ride on the whole yeah. thing and uh, even with skinner and the daughter to a sugar man <laughs> <laughs> and yeah tying into skinner's character as well he gets grounded because he talked to the sugar man <laughs> mom i'm talking to the sugar man and I don't think I ever noticed this before, but yeah, as Homer's waiting for Skinner to come to the door, he just he sneaks a little trowel of sugar <laughs> into his mouth. <laughs> sneaks a little trowel of sugar is a wonderful phrase. 
Oh, Homer. So, play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode, do you think? Ooh, um, I'm going to give the same bracket as last time, between 20 and 30, probably, may- maybe more? I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking 50 plus, maybe, on this one. It 50 feels plus? Like, it, yeah. feel, it feels like a s- serious possibility. Yeah. I Although, mean, I don't know, maybe it just feels that way, because I feel like I've lived in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know for a fact that I taped this one. I can still remember my little Simpsons VHS compilation. And oh, you mixtape? Oh, yeah, yeah. Had the ads removed and everything. And oh, not, oh, so you were sitting there with the, the pause and the record button? Oh, yeah, man. Ten-year-old me could work a VCR like no one else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one was in heavy rotation back in the Channel 10, you know, every weeknight at 6 o'clock yeah. kind of thing. So maybe, maybe I have seen it more than 30 times, but... Yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting that there was a long time there where Simpsons and dinner were just intertwined with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then neighbours if you felt a bit full. <laughs> Any impactful moments, quotes and stuff that have stuck with you over the years? I mean, the whole anagram thing definitely yeah. has stuck with me. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Uh, but also, like, Homer's monologue Amazing. where he just sort of breaks down and says, you know, I, I can't live the button-down life like you. I want it all. <laughs> The dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, the creamy middles. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I may offend some of the, uh, what is it, some of the, what does he say? It's, I oh, might the, the well-to-do about town or something? Some of the blue noses with my cocky stride and musky <laughs> odors. I'll never be the darling of the so-called city fathers who clock their tongues, stroke their beards and say what's to be done with this Homer Simpson. <laughs> that whole thing. I have a feeling you've memorized that. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. It's in there somewhere. That's good. Yeah, but uh, that ju- that scene is so ridiculously awesome and that it starts... Yeah, because that's the one where the English guy hiding in the sugar is. Yeah. <laughs> Even saying it out loud, it's hilariously ridiculous. And then the whole Scarface monologue. <laughs> <laughs> First you get the sugar. And when they introduce the beekeepers, I love how those characters <laughs> arrive and have maybe like four lines between them, but they feel so fully yep. formed. But <laughs> yeah. like you get a full sense of who these people are and what their lives look like. <laughs> Yeah, it's quiet here today. Yes, a little too quiet. <laughs> yeah, and, perfect. And that one's like it, it seemed very Adam Westy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Because as, as I was watching, mean. I'm like, oh, that's that's definitely rem- reminiscent of someone. And yeah, just with the pauses and yeah. or maybe even a bit Shatnery as a well. Simpson, you diabolical. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Adam West to the Beamerville. <laughs> you mean your Chevy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> First you'll get the sugar, then you'll get the power, then you'll get the women. <laughs> so that sounded, good. That sounded really good in the headphones, dude. <laughs> oh, I'll, oh, it'll come out later and I'll be like, that was a bad Homer doing Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels of impression there. Anything that may have flown over your head from back in the day that you only just picked up on now? Ooh, um, oh, good question. I guess I hadn't seen Scarface till I was about 19. Yeah. If that counts. Oh, I mean, I reckon that when I was younger, I probably didn't pick up the fact that Lisa's suggesting that Marge should fuck Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is saying, maybe you could be a little bit nicer. And she gives a bit of a hip shake. And I was yeah. like, oh, right. Shit. Okay. <laughs> but I think, I don't even know what Marge was thinking then. Like, Lisa. I am nice. <laughs> mm. That's a great line reading as well. <laughs> very good line reading. Did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is very much what I would think of The Simpsons as being. Yeah, characters are all on point. No one's off. No one feels out of place. No. Um, even like how they sort of introduced Bart into the story felt really organic to me. Mm. 
Let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. The wackiness. <laughs> so, uh, Bart tips off Milhouse to the feds or something. He gets his photo on America's Most Wanted. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so um, over the top. It's great. Yeah. But I think, as we've said a few times now, it's done quickly and they don't hang on it too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole Millhouse Fugitives thing yeah. is like three scenes. Yeah, tops. I always yeah. wondered if they like, do they want to do like a Millhouse Fugitive scene and they work backwards from there and like justify <laughs> why they could do that scene? Well, we already animated it, so they we just get want it in. to show him jumping out, saying "My glasses." <laughs> like, there's somebody just seen the Fugitive, and like, you know yeah. what? Let's do this. Yeah, can we just do this? <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing as well because it could have just been a throwaway bit. But no, at the end when Millhouse comes back, they have him <laughs> shown with the broken glasses. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like we're talking about the, the the new Simpsons can be so forgetful sometimes. This is just goddamn perfect. Really good. <laughs> and then yeah, and in the initial car chase when Millhouse is like, oh no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's been tailing him for weeks. A line that I've just saw, seen in my notes that I really enjoy is when Bart has his plan for how to get Allison, and it's just basically spray with a hose. Um, but the the detail of leaving us relatively dry, relatively dry. Well, there's bound to be some splashback. Um, that is again a nice bit of pedantic and unnecessary detail yeah. and I'm a huge fan <laughs> of pedantic detail I enjoy the way Bud is operating his pranking like it's a business in this yes. <laughs> like taking notes handing out business cards totally <laughs> oh yeah and his little tape recorder that he stops to record more <laughs> laughter more laughter that's great and um, his, note, his note to himself of, um, of next time get fewer business cards yeah Jackal, how are we going with the number of business cards that we've got printed? Are we about right? or are uh, we... Well, we printed 250. We've handed out maybe 20. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good ratio to me. Yeah. It's the smallest amount that would let me print. <laughs> yeah. oh, fair enough. Um, how about the heart of this episode? I felt the, the beating bumps. of the hideous heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were the bumps. <laughs> the telltale heart. Yeah. It came at a really good resolution, I thought. Like, even Alison had a right to be mad at Lisa, but yeah. Mm. Oh, they just came together at the end and Lisa accepted and, yeah, they all grew a little. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, even though Ralph won the diorama <laughs> competition because Skinner apparently is a massive Star Wars nerd. <laughs> and in the early 90s when this was, um, you know, made, was was Star Wars as big a thing as it is now or was it in like a lull period? Cause it well, was... they, st- they hadn't brought out the special edition yet, so probably it was a uh-huh. little harder to watch. And it was pre- Prequels. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vastly pre prequels. Yeah. Phantom yeah. Menace was 99. Yeah. So this is well before. It, it's interesting because, like, I'm, I'm not, like, I've, I've seen literally 95 seconds of Star Wars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of, of any of the, the four million movies. Um, and, <laughs> and they're so, just several one second clips interspersed. Yeah. yeah. And so whenever I see a thing come up like this, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because I don't think Star Wars was very big in the early 90s. Or maybe it was. I don't know. No, I think it was one of those things where it had its fandom, but it wasn't a, a thing that was persistently in pop culture oh. uh, other than shows referencing it. Yeah, I think it right. would have been huge with like the people who were the age of the writers of The Simpsons, probably sure. like yeah. children. Sure. But, I'm kind of pulling this out of my ass a little bit, but I don't <laughs> think... Well, no, I yeah, mean, I even go back to uh, Clerks, uh, Kevin Smith movie. You guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> um, well, that, yeah, they have a massive conversation about Star Wars in that. And Kevin Smith said at the time, you know, these are the conversations I wanted to hear in movies, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'd say definitely in the early 90s, uh, yeah, Star Wars wasn't as 
definitely not the monster it is these days. But or... even then, like, when this episode came out, Return of the Jedi was only 11 years old. So it wasn't something in the distant past. Yeah, that's right. It, it came out in, like, 84 or something, didn't 83, it? 83, I think. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, crazy. I'm sure if I'm wrong on that, someone will correct me. It's, uh, <laughs> Corrections <you> know, index. <laughs> Star Wars fans tend to. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the heart moments. I really just did like uh, Lisa's growth in this episode. That, yeah. And it was a really interesting idea to have someone smarter than her challenging mm. her and all that stuff. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Mm. Uh, yes or no? To watching it again? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine I'll watch this again many times, probably for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll probably yeah. hit this in a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, a couple of years at this point. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sorry. This, this is season, season six. six. We're yeah. on to season three. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Shit, you guys are already up to season three. Oh, because you guys are doing the yeah, two episodes. Two. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. rocking along. Yeah. Oh, two that's... episodes per episode. Yeah, that's good. Doesn't, uh, it doesn't get confusing at all to talk about it in those yeah. terms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what playlist would you put this one in? Definitely Lisa-centric episodes? Hmm. Uh, the ones that are in some way touched by Conan O'Brien, I think. That's, I yeah. know this one wasn't written by Conan O'Brien, but I tend to think of it as an O'Brien episode. Yeah. like We mentioned the writers because sometimes episodes do have a feeling that's closely tied with the writers, but mm. I mean, these things are a camel. They're written by many, many people. Yeah. Could this go in Lisa and Bart teaming up? playlist do you think it's got a, yeah. an, enough of a connection to that yeah there's a bit of an antagonistic sort of thing between them it's yeah. a lot of fun to explore fun yeah and of course sugar playlists yeah of course <laughs> yes is this and the movie sugar which and, is a very good baseball movie and that one scene of sugar sugar do 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 honey honey you are my oh yeah and tied in with the candy convention episode and oh candy convention yeah yeah where homer blows up a candy convention killing everyone inside killing possibly hundreds yeah um yeah yeah those are all good and the rest of the series It's a sugar rush death dream. (laughs) Sugar rush death dream. Yeah, that sounds like an album that I would have bought in the (laughs) early (laughs) noughties. That's great. What sort of music? New metal or what Uh, was around in the early noughties? Rap rock. No, I'm thinking more like a a Sum Forty One bubblegum pop punk. Sugar rush death dream. Yeah, Yeah. SoCal punk, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Like uh, if Simple Plan were a bit faster. (laughs) If Simple Plan were faster, they would have been. Yeah, album would have been called Sugar Rush Death Dream. (laughs) That's great. Uh, We've got this weird run of like accidentally inventing bands on the index. We've got a funk band called Super Queen and the Groove Tuners. Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) We have a prog band called The New Unborn, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, a bunch of crazy ones. Uh, Nick, is there anything you'd change about this episode? No, not really. No, it's pretty tight. James? I feel like uh, it would be presumptuous for me to try to fuck with classic Simpsons in any way. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, like, I I felt the first act, especially in comparison to the last one we watched, was more story, less jokes, and it sort of didn't... I felt like the ball started rolling (laughs) um, when Homer Uh, and the Sugar was introduced. Yeah. Yeah, because especially like it opens up with that frame of Homer eating pizza with Bart steering. <laughs> <laughs> totally, but yeah, that um, the the yeah the last episode we watched definitely uh, hit the ground running. Yeah, more. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Uh, guest stars for this episode. Do you guys know who played Allison? Winona Ryder. That is correct. Winona Ryder. Yeah. 
Oh, I have no trivia about Renona Ryder. <laughs> Renona, Renona Ryder. Now that she's on Stranger Convicted Things, shoplifting. That's my that's my trivia for uh, Renona Ryder. Yeah, but she's a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. really Are you good. sure? Yes, <laughs> yes. This is like a whole thing because she like her career collapsed. Yeah, and it was completely unfair. It's like this sort of bullshit thing. Where, oh, okay. Uh, now that's all anyone remembers Renona Ryder for. But yeah. um. No, I think she's uh, gotten it back with Stranger Things. Like, yeah. she owned that role. The funny thing is, like, watching her on Stranger Things, like, Winona Ryder is gorgeous, and she always has been, always will be, I think, but, like, uh, it's making me realize how old I am <laughs> because I watch that, and it's no longer like, ah, oh, you know, and this is this is very specific to Stranger Things, but I watch, and I don't think, ah, oh, I'd love to you know hang out with Renona Ryder or marry her it's like I'd love to like marry her and be like the stepfather to her kid <laughs> you, you- warning there are some spoilers for Stranger Things season 2 that's right Stranger Things season 2 so skip forward a minute and you will avoid the spoilers this is a bad song back to the show I'd love to like marry her and be like the stepfather to her kid. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, I mean, Sean Astin's dead now in the. Sh- oh, shit, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Do you plan on watching Stranger Things? No, I don't engage with content. Did I just ruin it for you? Have no, you finished I've it? seen it. I've okay, seen good. it. You know, but those kids are so much fun. I just want to hang out with the, those <laughs> yeah, kids. Yeah, they keep getting abducted by uh, horrible. Yeah, demogorgons. I'd be able to deal with that, I think. Demogorg. <laughs> yeah. I'd be able to hang out with Gaten Manzano, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, loved, loved Stranger Things. Steve and- Harrington, all the kids. Yeah. How weird was it they paired him up with Dustin towards uh, the end? The best thing they could have done. I, I know. I was. I like, love those characters. Why is this happening? And then after, I'm like, why doesn't they happen more? <laughs> anyway, I could go on forever about Stranger Things. But yeah, Winona Ryder, I thought she did a really good job in this episode. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Will Anderson has a, um, a dog named after Winona Ryder. Really? That's that's the second bit of trivia I have on, <laughs> on Winona Ryder. <laughs> what is, is the dog just called Winona? It's a, it's a French bulldog called Winona, and he's had it for about uh, six or something years. So pre Stranger Things. Good name. Yeah. Winona. Pretty good name. Yeah. Winona. Um. Why no not Nona? <laughs> Sorry, that didn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and I was swinging for the fences with that pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all doing confused Winona Ryder face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen when they yeah, were accepting where, the Emmy? <laughs> yeah, when um, what's his face? The guy who plays the sheriff is like giving that basically anti-Trump. Yeah, yeah, anti. Oh, yeah, that, like about yeah. fighting fascism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, yeah, she just oh. looks like there's a bee in the room. That's really confusing. And, yeah, and she, but she scrolls through every possible emotion. <laughs> it's great. It's like someone was scrolling through an emoji page, but it was yeah. a Winona Ryder emoji page. Oh, Winojis. Winojis. That, that almost made sense. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, Emoji riders? No. <laughs> James, any other notes about this episode? Yeah, I got a few here and there. Let's see. Which Get of these the is important? I really like when the diorama, when Lisa's diorama blows out the window. Yeah. And Bart looks down and says, the important thing is that we survived. I feel like that's a line that I use in a lot of different contexts. <laughs> yeah. And, and also just, you know, she puts so much time and effort and it's immediately... <laughs> Absolutely. Blind and uh, yeah, Jordan's anal corner, there were clearly not 75 cutouts in there. Yeah, no, far fewer. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I was actually wondering if we could do a Jordan's anal corner without Jordan being here. Oh, absolutely. The, <laughs> the, the spirit of the anal corner lives on even if if Jordan is absent. Well, it's nice to know that Jordan's anal corner reaches across state boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his anal corner is for all. <laughs> but- Talking about um, Bart running his pranking like a, um, a business... I also really like 
that in line with his plan just being to like get Allison wet with a hose, yeah. his diversion is literally just him Standing. jumping around yeah. saying, look at me, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, their reaction, hey, he's doing stuff. Yeah. Like, look at I can't take my eyes off him. He's doing stuff. <laughs> this is also... Bart, stop creating a diversion. <laughs> <laughs> this is also somewhat significantly the only episode I can think of that acknowledges how ridiculous it is that the kids at Springfield Elementary are given the level of work that they're yeah. given. Because uh, when Lisa says to Allison, it's really great to meet someone else who's also at like a... Intellectual equal or... Yeah, a, a grade two level. Like mm. It's very on the nose. <laughs> Because I remember watching The Simpsons when I was very young and thinking, fuck, school's going to be a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is amazing, like, how they play with, like, how advanced Bart and Lisa actually are. Because at times mm. you're like, okay, you're playing this like they're in high school or something. Like, mm. Yeah. They're only eight and ten. Totally. But yeah, this one. I mean, even though it was a bit advanced, like, I fucking never knew Telltale Heart when I was in year two. Yeah, but, I didn't oh. read that until I was... Like 17, 18. Yeah. It's good you read story. stuff, you nerd. <laughs> I've been known to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any other notes? Other acronyms. My favorite celebrity <laughs> acronym. Anagram? Yeah. Yes, anagram. My favorite celebrity <laughs> anagram, I should say. English teacher? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, you know, poverty's no effect. Uh, my favorite one is, do you know the one for Clint Eastwood? No. Oh. Old West action. <laughs> Fuck. That's excellent. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> that's that's genuinely made me happy. <laughs> oh, man, he's lucky. I ran my name through an anagram thing and I got toenail jelly oil. <laughs> Fuck, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, I once... Um, I ran my name through an anagram thing a long time ago and got China's pole cutters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that could mean. <laughs> don't know how I feel about that. I had a, I had a, I had a friend at school who, so I used to sit in um, in Year Eleven chemistry and manually do yeah. anagrams. And oh wow, yeah, uh, yeah, I was that kind of pedantic fuckhead. <laughs> um, one of my friends, his name anagrammed to bra for ten men. <laughs> just the one spread across 10 men yep yep <laughs> i'm just five four ten okay it's not who i thought it was okay no <laughs> that would have been amazing <laughs> all right time for my quick fire notes quick fire notes <laughs> quick fire I like how Marge, to get some quiet time, uh, gives Homer her very expensive camera. Yep. <laughs> and he's just got a drill and he's hammering the drill into the camera. He fucks it. <laughs> he fucks it right and proper. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of her fantasy sequences as well with the, the pirate guy? One thing that I've always said on uh, Pods in the Key of Springfield, like and subscribe, is I really like that Marge and Homer have an active sex life that is a part of the tapestry of the show. Yeah. And Marge sometimes gets horny. I, yeah. I like that. I think that's mm. good. It's healthy. Yeah. It's nice. I like it. It's good. Yeah. And especially in like this, uh, I don't know, Fabio Boons and Mills. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that even in the fantasy she's having, it's kind of implied the pirate might be gay. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> is that what that earring means? But like pirate? she's oblivious even within her own dreams to things like that. <laughs> Yeah, she is nice. <laughs> I've never made Miss Hoover yowie. <laughs> and after that, yeah, Lisa and Allison have this awesome exchange with uh, the Me Too thing happening. And I love how 
you can read Lisa's emotions on each me too. Yeah, yeah totally. Sometimes, yeah, Yardley Smith is killing it. Yeah, sometimes like she's gritting through her teeth and then she's depressed. And yeah, I thought that was just some brilliant acting right there. Uh, the pun of Texas tea sweetener. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this was one actually where I was like laughing before the joke happened. Yeah. This is how many times I have seen it at the dinner table as well. What did he feed them? Like, what was it? You, just a pile into of cooking? Yeah, it, it seemed to just be a sugary gruel <laughs> with um, glass and broken nails. But in like it. a solid gruel, also kind of sweet. They still tried to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> very. Also, they don't normally eat dinner at that table. <laughs> The breakfast table. Yeah. That's true. They normally in the dining room when it's dinner time. It's how bad Homer is at making food. Yeah, apparently. They they, they didn't want to break out the good room. Yeah. Astonishing. I can't imagine having two separate dining tables. It seems so wasteful, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't even have one. (laughs) I mean, everyone's got a lap. Yeah. Don't, Don't even, even need plates or bowls. Tip <laughs> 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 it right in. <laughs> Marge, why don't we have any clearer plates? <laughs> uh, and I love in that scene as well that Homer had his own Farmer Homer's brand sugar <laughs> bag already made up and that it's already broken and <laughs> leaking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Jimbo slapped Martin with a tambourine. I wrote that down for a reason. <laughs> he drops his loot and it breaks. It's great. Yeah. My loot. And yeah, the scene with the uh, saxophone duel, something I never noticed before as well is that in at least one of Lisa's like big solos, you can see her stopping to take a breath, whereas Allison never did. Yeah, yeah um, totally. Yeah, just awesome bit of like intentional foreshadowing for the uh, the her passing, the passing out, out twice. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not a dream. I love that they take the time to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, they really did. Like somehow these older episodes are so crammed yet. Yeah, they're not afraid to um, take their time and really draw it out. Um, but in a good way. And yeah, in the Homer guarding the mountain of sugar, that sunrise looked beautiful. <laughs> totally. Actually, in the last episode, you mentioned there was a good panning shot um, when Lisa discovers. Yeah, the, when she looks in the, through the little crack. Yeah, mm, yeah, amazing bit of like backlighting and you know old overexposure animation tricks that they used to do these episodes. Ah, oh, looks great. Yeah, it's weird that these old ones can somehow look better than the new high def ones <laughs> with all these tricks. And Homer's final line that closes out the sugar thing. Man wasn't meant to have this much sugar. I guess that's why God d- portions it out in those tiny packages from his plantation in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's an odd line. <laughs> yeah, I like that he thinks God's responsible for sugar packets. And lives in Hawaii. Yeah. All right, that's all my notes. So you guys ready to rank this thing? Ready to rank. Let's rank Ba-na-na-na. this this thing <laughs> break this thing eloquent uh nick kick us off yeah i'm probably gonna go silver again for this one i feel like oh, yeah. I, I feel like i enjoyed this as much as the last one sure. um uh, it had a different rhythm to it but overall i feel like it was a silver for me yep fair enough James. yeah i feel like the a plot is a silver and the b plot is a gold so i think i'm probably gonna have to average out to like a high silver a high like high ho silver away high silver yeah, away. yeah. Wow, you're going silver as well? I think so. I think, um, I don't know. The B-plot is genuinely one of my favorite things the show has ever done, though. So I'm kind of a little conflicted going mm. silver. I do feel like I laughed more watching the previous episode, mm-hmm. and I gave yeah. that a silver. But I also, this is such a, I don't know, this one's so ingrained in my head at this point. Yeah. Would you say it was seminal? 
What I say that seminal. Alright, alright, alright. Um <laughs> maybe I have to go gold on this one because the whole sugar subplot is magnificent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's definitely a lot better than any of the episodes you named earlier as other episodes that I ranked silver. So fuck it. Let's say gold. Give All it right. a gold. Well, yeah, I'm going gold as well. There is just something about it that's not getting the cubic ranking from me. I don't know. It's just a general... I think, yeah, like you said, it was just not as joke-heavy and um, mm. maybe coming from the last episode sort of highlights that. But also, uh, watching it, it did feel like, like Act 1 was lacking a bit. But, yeah, overall, this is fantastic. I think everyone should go out and see it. Mm. Yeah, Simpsons is good. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway from this podcast. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we're learning. And that'll average out into being a dull gold all around. That'll join such episodes as Season 1's No Disgrace Like Home, Martin Monroe Electric Shocking Everyone episode. Oh, uh, we're, we're familiar. That's a Martin Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Your Monroe is getting a little snakier each time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Dr. Marvin Monroe. <laughs> Because my throat's been sore for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done anything about that yet? What? You mean like see a doctor? Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Well, no, because you want to do a good Dr. Marvin Monroe impression. Dr. Marvin Monroe. <laughs> see? Oh. <laughs> and also uh, another dull gold, Homer versus Lisa in the Eight Commandment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Selma's Choice, the Duff Gardens episode, Homer to the Max, Max Power, uh, Simple Simpson when Homer becomes Pie Man, that someone ranked a cubic, Sheridan. Um, Looking at you, Sheridan. <laughs> Come on, Sheridan. Who do you think you are named after linen? <laughs> <laughs> It's a brand of sheets called Sheridan, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Uh, and it'll also be joining The Good and Sad and the Drugly from season 20, which I quite enjoyed myself. Yeah, that, that seems to be a good spot for it. Hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think that wraps it up for The Simpsons Index. Um, yeah, thank you for having me out here. This was awesome. Hey, man. Thanks for having us on the show. Thanks for letting us ruin the, the last two hours. We've <laughs> yeah. had a great time. We didn't talk about Dr. Colossus nearly enough. Other than that. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Well, if good. you want to hear these guys talk more about Dr. Colossus, go check out Pods in the Key of Springfield. They can find that on all the platforms, right? Yep. All the places. Yep. And uh, what's the Twitter handle and Facebook stuff? Key Springfield is the Twitter handle. Yep. Pods in the Key of Springfield is the Facebook. Uh, I'm Jekyll, Jekyll. Whatever on Twitter, J I C K L E. And I'm Nick Ibis on Twitter, N I C K I B I S. Is that your last name or do you just uh, love Ibises? No, Ibis was a previous, uh, it was the name of a band I was in previously. Oh, okay. And so when I got Twitter, I set it up as that handle and I've never changed it. Oh, fair enough. And yeah, I'm at Elliot J O'Neill on Twitter, at Simpsons Index. And yeah, that has been episode 66. And that's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for checking out the Simpsons Index podcast. Don't forget to go to www.thesimpsonsindex.com for the spreadsheet and information about upcoming episodes. And for today's extra content... Oh, yeah, even if it's a bit quiet, the waveforms are looking uh, big enough, so... All right, all right. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. I love it when the waveforms are looking big enough. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I might just get another beer. Yeah, man. All right. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I'll go in. Yeah, I'd like one. Yeah, girl. Yeah. After that, uh... <laughs> <laughs>
I'm glad to know that you do exactly what I do, which is start recording and then go, oh no, fuck, I've got other tasks I need to complete. <laughs> I like your book, man. Me too. Your Zelda, Zelda book. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Man, I, I, I lost a month to Breath of the Wild earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, right, right, right. I've, um, I've been openly calling Breath of the Wild the best game ever made, which is a fairly wow. big statement for me to be making. I've, uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, man. Have you given um, uh, trouble a go? The one with the... With I'd the, give a trouble a shot. The, the bouncy dice, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's definitely a two-horse race between sat- trouble and Zelda. <laughs> it's got that satisfying pop that most games lack. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. does Breath of the Wild have a pop? No. 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 Actually, the dice rolling device's name is Link, not Trouble. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, the princess's name is Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's Frankenstein's Zelda. <laughs> yeah, they were just like home economic tips. Yeah. And now we've had to rebrand them as life hacks. <laughs> man hacks. Man. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the word man cave as well. Uh, it's bullshit. Oh, it's literally the worst, isn't it? Because uh, my brother as well, he's got a big sign. Welcome to my man cave. And it's like you're welcoming me to your butt. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. I hear man cave, I think butt. Welcome to my butt. My loved ones are not allowed in here. I need respite from them. Yeah. <laughs> butt cave. <laughs> butt. butt cave. Um. All right. I just need a couple of seconds to consolidate my notes. Yeah. And the part that usually gets cut out. Leave it in, I say. We should say the funniest thing at this point. Uh, Woozle wuzzle. Uh, I was thinking the other day. Remember in two thousand and five when everyone used to say hella? Yeah, yeah. I was. It just popped. I never, in, good. I never just, stopped, baby. It just, it just popped into my head, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we used to say hella everything. What happened hmm. to that?" I think Gwen Stefani stopped releasing singles, and that's why no one says it anymore. <laughs> that shit was bananas. B a a b a n a n. That's it. Yeah, hella good went out, and so did No Doubt, and then it was all about Gwen Stefani and bananas. Gwen Stefani yeah. and bananas, and her series of songs about like keeping Japanese slaves. As <laughs> <laughs> far as I can tell, that's what her music is about. Man, I didn't dive into the lyrics that deeply. Wow. <laughs> all right, Harajuku girls, I've got them. I don't want to say I've got them chained up in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> also, I noticed the yellow. <laughs> Sad song go again. I should know that. Don't take the. Let's keep we the. Pods. <laughs> Pods. <laughs> uh, when Jackal first. Stuck pods in that track. He sent it to me in a Facebook Messenger, and I was yeah. just—I was grinning for days. Yeah, because you had a whole plan to like record an original song. Yeah. No, I was—I was gonna do an acoustic cover of it, but yeah. your version was so much better than anything I would have been able to do. Uh, say Star War. Oh, just the one. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Go out and see a Star War. <laughs> oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> well, just... yeah, yeah, I mean, I I only saw them for the first time when I was like 22 or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was very late to the party. Um, I enjoyed that there was an early piece of feedback we got on the podcast where someone sent James a message just saying, so does Nick just like not watch movies? <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. 
Well, no, that was me as well. Like, uh, I had a blog a few years ago that was My Name is Earliot. You know, My Name is Earl. Oh, yeah. And it was me making nice. up for the fact that I'd never seen, like, a whole heap of classic movies. Right, And so, yeah, yeah in that, um, yeah, I finally got around to seeing, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones and yeah, uh, right. Godfather and just all these classics. Because um, mm. I, I, I'm just not much of a movie guy. I'm just more into TV, honestly. I'm not into anything. That's my problem. <laughs> you got a lot of Simpsons DVDs. You're into those. Yeah, I'm into that. And, I mean, that's... The Beatles. Holy shit, is that Samurai... Oh, man, that's awesome. you got a Samurai Pizza Cats box set. Yeah, my sister gave me that for my birthday last year, <laughs> as well as the hand-drawn hand side of a map. Last year was a good year for birth- <laughs> birthday presents. From my- uh, maybe Samurai Pizza Cats was Christmas, actually. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> no, I, I tend to watch uh, cooking shows and nothing else. Yeah. Mm. Good old Food Network. Do you like Chopped? I love Chopped. Chopped. Like what Cutthroat we- Kitchen. Yeah, you were talking about Cutthroat Kitchen the other day. What did yeah. they do on that one? It's a competition show where you can pay money to sabotage your opponents. What? It's great. It's very fun. First you get the you money. Can, you can bid some money to like make one of them like run on a treadmill while they're cooking, or they have to do everything with like tiny utensils, or like with a traffic cone over their head or something. Yeah. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you can make your opponent run on a treadmill the whole time they're cooking. Exactly. Yeah. It could be like, you know, they asked to make like a chicken parmesan, but it's like, all right, so you have to use a canned chicken. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. Oh, fuck. One of the Steve Bannon chickens. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a canned chicken. Well, have, you, have you seen that side-by-side picture of him? Uh, no. There's a side of somewhere on the internet, there's a side-by-side chicken, uh, side-by-side picture of Steve Bannon and a canned chicken. <laughs> it's horrendous. <laughs> All right, just need a couple of seconds to consolidate. Consolidating the nuts. Gotta consolidate. Gotta consolidate before we read it. Wow. wow. Stop. Consolidate and listen. <laughs> All right, stop. Consolidate and listen. Simpsons Index is back with a brand new invention. What if the Simpsons <laughs> still on television? <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like a cantankerous cat. Oh, I need my headphones. No, uh, um, uh, never mind. Sorry, I was going to plug my other shit, but it's not even out yet. Um, Sweet. So that, that, that was weird because when you said never mind, I thought you said I have no mud. And I was like, <laughs> what? You can have some of mine. <laughs> pocket I've got mud. A, I've got a whole pocket full. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want any cream with that? <laughs> um, no. <laughs>